Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. The Big Guy Ryback feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with The Big Guy Ryback starts now. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. I am the Big Guy Ryback, and today I'm joined by Glenn Gilberti, Disco Inferno, Las Vegas resident. What's going on? Uh, how you doing, man? Good? Good? Man, just uh, working as you are, yeah. going every day, staying busy, Yeah, just podcasting. I mean, pretty much. I do uh, two a week, so I record between two and three days, and I'm... Um, it's fun. I like it because I, you know, I keep in touch with the, my old friends. You know, I, I do with Conan and I do with Russo. So it's like you know, just it's a good way to like just stay in touch with them every week. Yeah, like, absolutely. You know, because I got you know, because when I moved out here, I kind of got out of, out of wrestling a little bit. You know, so it's like kind of reconnecting into the business. Yeah, I was curious know. about that with you because. Like I grew up and, and was a big fan of yours right. back in WCW, and then I came in through Build a Mountain Deep South Wrestling, right? And just being a fan, did, did you really? There was there was a Deep South. I broke in in kind of Deep South Wrestling. There, there was a it was an organization back in like '94. I, I broke in in '92. Did these for a couple of years, but they won. They, they were restarting Deep South Wrestling, and then Killbilly Cousin Luke was was running it. Yeah, and they were doing Indian reservations around Jackson, Mississippi, yep. the, 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 all those places. And uh, I started doing the Disco Inferno character. And it was like, uh, I was going over there, I was having to drive Jake Roberts over there. Mm-hmm. And that was... <laughs> Jake's know, here now too, right? Uh, yeah, he is. And that, that was... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just... I mean, so, you know, there's a picture I would drive from Atlanta to, to, to Jackson, Mississippi, and everything that would happen in between with that guy. Yeah. You know, so then and here I was as a young kid out of college and everything, just did the Indies, and now I'm, you know, driving Jake around and, these, yeah. and just everything. But that's why I went and uh, Terry Taylor was working there. Yep. And um and he had seen my character, the disco character, and he got really interested. And he was doing he was working for Mid South, but also he was on the, on like working at WCW as an agent. Okay. You know, so so he kinda like between him and Paige and stuff and then I got I got my tryout cutting my teeth over there in, in Deep South for, for a month or so. Did you always want to be a wrestler growing up, or was it something that kind of because everyone has a different story of how I, they get I, into I, it? I you know, I, I don't know. I, I you seem like a very normal like, Yeah, because I'm you know, I went to I grew up in the suburbs of Marietta, Georgia. You know, I went to the yeah. private school private school and stuff everything. You know, I always played played all the sport all, all except for baseball. I played, played a little bit of baseball, but came from an uh, athletic background though. So, played soccer, football, I played everything, yeah. you know, played pickup everything, played intramural everything. Got Guys that come from an athletic background have an entirely have different entirely mindset different. in the yeah. wrestling business, yeah. I found. And then, like, the majority of guys now don't come from that. Yeah, no, no they don't. They don't. It's not a good or bad, but it's just, it's right. a different mindset. Yeah. So I'm always curious, because the first time I met you, I got along with you, I felt. Yeah. Like, even though I was completely yeah. under, under well, I like uh, I like sports. I like wrestling. I like chicks. I like, you know, so, I mean, I, yeah. it's, it's like, I check all the boxes for, for you know, for professional wrestling. Athlete, like, so, yeah. So I was like, yeah. So I was like, you know, that just... Uh, that's how I basically broke broke in and got into WCW. But it was just, uh, um, you know, I was just I was just athletic and stuff. Like that. But I never really wanted to be a like I never really thought of it. I just yeah. like when I finished college, 
my soccer coach growing up, like there was, you know, like friend of the family, like I, like this guy coached me for soccer for ten years, yeah, and so everything. But we still to this day, my you know, my parents would we spend Christmas there and everything, you know. So they they were friends of the family. But he was booking, he was a travel agent for for NWA. Okay, and Ole Anderson was this. So yep. him and Ole were very tight and working. They were doing the deal before, you know, when wrestlers started traveling around. When we got like we're doing live TV, everything, yep. you know, stuff. Uh, you know, like you know how it is. Like you get your sky miles, and we, we get the upgrades yep. and stuff. Like that. But when when my coach went went to work with Oli, they were doing the deal where they were taking, they were getting all the sky miles. So Oli loved him, you know, because Oli says that they're booking all these guys. Thinking, this is before, like you know, this is like the late late eighties, you know, so the early nineties yep. and stuff. Like so they were doing. He, he, he Oli was getting all these sky miles. That they, they, he never really did that. So that's how, like, the, you know. So he was running a school, and I basically, uh, they, they said, you want to try out to wrestle after I finished college? I was like, sure. The, the week I died, I was done. I was I was training to wrestle, and I never looked back. Yep. You know, so just that's just the way I said, I'll try out. Because I, I always grew up student of the game. Yeah. I could always... Me and my friends would wrestle around with each other. We, for, for two kids wrestling each other, you know, we were yeah, pretty that's good. How I was. You know, like, yeah. We would really, throw the punches and stuff. Yep. You know, we would do all that. So I picked up. I, I got lucky because I, I was just watch so much wrestling and stuff and everything. The the first day, I was bumping and hitting the ropes right. Yeah. And that was just so, so you know how that is. That'll fast track you to things. So, yep. Bro, I only trained for five weeks. Really? Five weeks twice a week. And wow. after they were done, I picked up everything so fast. They were like, they're like, oh, all right, ready. You know, well, they got their money. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah if there's one thing like, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The money is like, and they were like, well, wow, you kind of like really... I mean, you can, which gets you on the road, you know? So, so I started working indies and stuff, so. Man, and so Disco Inferno was created by yourself then? By Raven. Raven. By- well, I was in the business for a few years. You know how when you start wrestling. Yeah. I was the slave. I was a Brooklyn yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, I was a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> all these goofy gimmicks, you know, like you're embarrassed when you look like, you're like oh my God, yeah. I don't want to see that. But I was Ryback on my own yeah. and then Dusty turned me into Skip Sheffield. Right. So yeah, which was got me up there. So me and Raven were just like, you know, they, it was a, he was a friend of mine. So this guy in Calgary championship stampede wrestling that was doing like a disco gimmick. Yeah. Dr. Johnny Fever. Yep. And and, his, and the thing was, is this, all the guy had on was a white coat. Yeah. That that was a gimmick. He would like come, you know, but the, he didn't really. And I was like, well, I could probably do a disco gimmick. And then immediately the name Disco Inferno, like, you know, and so just, we just came up with the idea and I'd watch like the way the honky tonk worked his gimmick and I yeah, just yeah. incorporated my, you know, like honky tonk used to do little dances and stuff. And so yep. I just figured I'll, I'll do a couple things like that. And that's, that's the gimmick. So, so what happened with then with WCW and then and did you move out to Las Vegas shortly thereafter? Was no, no, it, I've been, I've, I've lived in Atlanta the whole time. They, they, they wanted you to live in Atlanta at WCW because that was the hub. Yeah, and that's but afterwards when it was all, when everything, when they got bought out. Oh when, no, no, no. I was, I stayed in Atlanta till, uh, when, when, when was it? Night 2008. Okay. And I moved out here. And then you moved out here. Yes, yeah, so I was doing indies and stuff and everything. And just, was there nothing with WWE when the whole buyout and with all I, that? I was first. Or of were all, you already done, kind of? And well, here's the deal. I was I was so burnt out. Yeah. Because I'd been helping book the, dur- during the latter stages, you know. Yeah. Like the last six to seven weeks, Johnny Ace took over the creative, and I, I left. You know, this stuff. But it was just like you know, just working all the time, having to go to the meetings and stuff, everything, and you know. Yeah. WWE, and then here's the thing, though, that when WWE, I don't, people really remember this, okay? But even though wrestling was kind of hot, WCW was kind of getting their ass kicked by WWE. Like, you know, we were kicking their ass, and they ended up kicking our ass. And so, but we had heard the stories were that in the, the WWE, the locker room wasn't very 
happy. It wasn't a happy place. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's okay. it's, right. You know how it is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a crew, you're like, oh, like, like Impact Wrestling, that, oh, the crew's great. They love, you know, like, yeah. you hear, but like the, the word was that the crew wasn't. It's yeah, a different environment. Happy. Yeah. So, so they they were like, they called me up and asked me, hey, do you we'll get we'll go get a work on a deal with you? But I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose my, uh, you know, you get the quarterly pay. So, yeah. so you had the four quarter contracts. They can terminate every quarter. Yeah. I had just started like literally like two to three days before they got taken over okay. of a whole quarter of making three fifty a year. Yeah. Okay. So I was like. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take that. You know, me and me and Nash and Jeremy Borash. Yeah. Just to say, well, hey, we're just gonna hang out and. No, that's the smart here. thing to do. We just yeah. took the, took the money. Yeah. You know, stuff. So, uh, and then when um, when it came time, like they, they went literally went to the last day, the day before my deal was supposed to like roll over again for another quarter. Yeah. And make another like. 80 grand. <laughs> yeah. They call me that. We got to terminate you down. I was like, ah, damn, uh, I thought it would work. No way to the last right, day. Right, right, right. And then yeah. they had like, uh, me and Johnny Ace had a conversation. He was talking about like, maybe uh, we got to maybe uh, we to get you a deal or something. And I, ne- I just never called him. I, I forget if it was like, there was a conversation. I don't remember if I was going to call him back. He was going to call me back, but I wasn't interested because yeah. like, I, this, this new promoter, that Andrew McManus guy in, in, in Australia was going to pay me bank yeah. for going overseas. And said, so, I was like, well, I'll just, I'll, I, I was used to taking the time off because yeah. I spent like three months off. How old were you at this point? Shit, one of my, uh, so this is 2001, 2002, so 17, 35. Okay. So this is 19, so 11, 40-ish. Okay. Maybe. How, and how were you no, feeling no, physically? No, no, not 45, 35. 35. So, you know what, that, it's, here's the weird thing. It's like when I started feeling better as I got out of the business, I never really understood how much I just ate, but I was comfortable with the aches. Yeah. You know, like sometimes you just ache and yeah. it's just like you get these aches, but you're just used to them. You know, Every day. Yeah. When yeah. you're going. So, so then as I got out of wrestling and I quit aching, when I started like doing it more, I got the aches back. It's like, oh, this is how I used to feel all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like how do you get used to it? You justify it and just get right, used right, to right, it. And right. just, everyone you, else is going through it. It's just sore. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. this thing. like, you know, my shoulder's messed up right now, but I'd, I'd you know, my, my mom asked me, how do you feel? I said, well, I've had this, sh- you know, except for my shoulders, but I probably got a torn rotator cuff. Yeah. She's like, it's all what? Wrestling. She's like, well, well I go, well, I, I, cause I don't really wrestle that much anymore. I, st- I can still work out. And, yeah. And, you know, so I'm like, I didn't get it fixed, but they're like, you know, I feel great, but my shoulders sore, you know, but yeah. that's, that's all. so to me, that's not even like, cause I've had it for this long. I don't even like feel like that's like an, an, an impediment. You know, I got, yeah. I've got a pick my pick minor tear. And stuff I never got a fix. You came out pretty good then, considering. I mean, yeah, yeah, the only thing I got, I never had any surgeries or anything. I just got a hurt, well, hurt back. And, and so, and I, and I re, I rehabbed it. I uh, herniated a disc. And instead of going, uh, like getting surgery or anything, they, they told me I was going to be out for like three months. I started going to see a kinesiologist in Atlanta. Yep. And they didn't back in the ring like six weeks. Really? And this was the doctor, the, the WCW doctor I went to. They were yeah. like, hey, you know, you could, it's going to take this long. But then I started seeing this guy. He just fixed it. And I'm like, oh, let me start training. And I, and I was back in six weeks. Was the, when you were with WCW, because like for me, and when I was with WWE and chose to leave, over a lot of different things, but I was hurting so bad physically and like the doctors are, I don't, I love the doctors there because they, they are good people. Mm-hmm. They have a really bad job in that. 
they were giving me Toradol and cortisone a lot, like Toradol every right. night. And the back stuff never got an MRI. And I got to take the blame on it too, because right. you get in the thing and whatnot. And then I realized there towards the end of when I left. Toradol, that was like the, the NFL players were yeah, getting. Yeah, well, ate away all my cartilage. Right. Like I, and when I left, they told me I needed a five disc fusion and a shoulder replacement. Really? Jesus. Yeah. And I, when I've done the 14 stem cell procedures and I'm all, my back's all better now. Prisoners, really? Yeah. Wow. This is still like, I'm working though with a, a physiotherapist, this Andrew Luck. And I, the rehab man every day, I spent three and a half years of doing this shit, but the stem cells finally, I was crippled. Like my back was like, when I first met you, I was in so much pain. Like it was, I can't even, couldn't get out of bed in the morning, yeah. fall to my knees, that whole deal. But this is, is taking a little bit longer, but these, I've had some people on here, this power lifters and these, these doctors that have helped. Like that's honestly the best part of this show is the contacts I've made right. with all this physical therapy stuff and like how you can rehab the back and not get surgery right. for like these well, guys that are going back and squatting 1200 pounds. Yeah. I'm like, well, fuck if they can do that, yeah. I can, I can do this with the stem cells and they given me this whole routine and I do it every day and man, it's, it's worked wonders. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's called like the big three for your back, but it's just doing like, it's like DDP's kind of stuff right. with the dynamic resistance right. and all that too, yeah, which yeah. is what makes that so unique. That's kind of the stuff they do with these different core things. And man, it's made all the difference. Yeah. But that stuff I, can, I've seen so many guys. Yeah. After, I, I rehab myself. I always yeah, just go and find it because I'm a student. I'll, I'll research and everything. And I that's get how I am. Yeah. Go see a guy. Tell me the exercise. I'll go do my own. I don't really have to have to you know go to rehab. But I've I've always I've always self rehab my myself. And I never you know I never got into the pain pills. Me neither. Yeah. Me feel weird. So just you know I was cool with ibuprofen. Yep. You know stuff for thing ice and stuff and uh. You know, the only thing I did, like, we, we never, everybody back then took somas. Yeah, you know, yeah. I remember, because I remember DeMott was... Yeah, know, yeah, we were, that was the thing. You know, we were, you done with that the, was part the, of the business. That's not the deal. You take, I'll take two somas and two beers after your match. Yeah. You get a good buzz, you feel good, and that's, yep. that's what we did, you know? But I never got into... You know the 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 pain the pain pills make me feel weird. You yeah, know? same. Yeah, I didn't so, like them, man. And yeah. like the well, two for me. Like I gave up when I left WWE. I realized. I had a huge ibuprofen problem and right. didn't even realize it because how many were you taking a day? Twelve a day, four to three times four, a day. Four, yeah, I was, when I'd be sore, four maybe six hours later, four again. Yeah, and that's you know. And there were days I would do that. There were some days I would just works. take it before my match. Yeah, and then with the Toradol though, and then giving me cortisone a few times. Oh, a year. really? So yeah. So I realized and I go, shit, this is adding up. And yeah. like when I left, I was doing the ibuprofen still three times a day and right. it was helping, but it was like, I had to just, I cut it cold Turkey. I haven't taken it in years now. Right. And it was one of the best decisions I made. Cause yeah. when you do it, if you do it occasionally, yeah. it, but with that thing, you're doing it right. Years add up, man. Yeah. So, it, but that's kind of today's generation. Like that stuff is readily available right. for you to go grab, you right, know, right, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but nobody thinks anything negative of it, right. but you spend 15 years there, yeah. then it could be, there yeah. could be consequences with that. Yeah, so, exactly. But like I've seen a lot of the guys after, and like you, you. I just saw you recently with Impact. Like still in great shape. You're mm -hmm. 51 now. 50, just turned 52. 52. Happy birthday. Yeah. And it's you're, but, you're the 10th, right? Yeah, yeah. The November. 12th, me and Demond yeah. have the same birthday. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I used to get punished for it. <laughs> no, oh, really? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was a whole other story yeah. down there. So what happened after WCW though? With that, and, and you move out to Vegas though. And were you done with wrestling when you came out here? Kind of, yeah, I just came to work at the club, but it was because it was good, decent money. It was like a just is that what, so that's what drove you out here. Yeah, then. yeah, because my friend, my friend was a GM. But I'd, I'd been coming to Vegas for so many years for, through wrestling and stuff. I just, I just met so many people here. Yeah, you know, it's one of those towns where you just if you go out, you're just constantly meeting people. You know, so it's like a, I just had a lot of people I'd met, you know, and stuff and anything. So it was, it was easy for me to come out and work because like I was I was doing I'd, I'd just been let go as an agent at Impact. 
And just the indies, you know, this is 2008, so the indies were kind of like lame a little bit. You know, it's just yeah. there was no more money in wrestling, so it's like I'll just come, come out, just start working, you know. And that's like, well, what you, am I you can make a lot more. That's a lot of people don't realize that. Oh no, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. The job, like the, the, the club jobs, are decent. Yeah. you know, it's like when you look comparatively speaking, like, you have one of the greatest gigs ever. I feel yeah, like. So <laughs> it's like you know, when you look at the clubs, it's like you know, well, you get numb to it after the second or third yeah, day, yeah. you know, we're working there, but. uh but it's just it's just decent money for for not a lot of you know you're not in an office you're not like you know you have them you know I, I just wear slacks and a shirt yeah and it's just you know run a lot of hot girls every night and just yep. you know I'm just I mean just chill it's a it's a, it's a good job how many nights do you, are you there full time pretty yeah, much f- during football season I do six nights a week because on Monday night football we, we have a big it's a great place to watch Monday night football yeah. and our, our room is like you know they got food and everything there right? everything else. Yeah. It's, it's awesome they do dollar lap dances at halftime so it's a good you know I just go and work the room for Monday night football but I'd be go at home watching the game anyway so I just go get an envelope and yeah. you know, go, go, go get, get tips for just a half shift and yeah. just like you know chill and go out afterwards and go eat some Korean barbecue after that's like my Mondays do you get fans that come in there yeah. that, oh, all the yeah, time yeah. that come yeah. specifically to see you sometimes yeah man because, that's great well because I advertise it I always advertise at the end of the podcast hey if you're ever in Vegas dial this dial this number mention my name get your freedom you know that, that's the funny thing is like it's like I'm giving you like ninety dollars worth of stuff for yeah. oh, like, free wild. ride because everybody knows Vegas. You know, everything's kickbacks. If you don't, yep. if you want to go to a club and you take a cab or a limo there, you're you're you're, you're spending money. Oh yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're cover because they get they're, they're kicking back to the drivers. Yep. So. I just tell people, hey, you know, we'll pick you up for free, get you in for free, and get your free drink. It's like a savings, like ninety bucks a person. Yeah. Like, as if you got a party of ten guys, I'm saving you guys nine hundred bucks. Yeah, you know, so just come, you know, just call call the number. The nine hundred they so, spend later is not on right, you, though. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so they just like, uh, you know, so it's cool. So I get like once a month, I'll have a party come in, but like every now and then I'll have you know just fans will call like two two people here. But, but yeah, I make a few. But we we get kickbacks on that. Too, Absolutely, so. Yeah. yeah. So, so you now you do the podcast to keep it in one hundred, and then you're with Vince Russo also, yeah, right? I, I reached out to him just recently to have yeah. him on. I did his show a couple of years back. I, I enjoyed He's a, he's a really smart guy, yeah. man. Yeah, he gets a lot pretty of... Good kind of we're, we're, me and him are always, you know, it's, to, to me, it's like, there's... And this is the wrestling today because like if you look at, like, it's kind of politics. It's yeah. like you have the dirt cheap faction and you have yes. the old school faction. Yep. Okay? And the old school faction is like sitting here saying, like, you know, to the dirt cheap faction, all these guys love it's like It's like, dude, it's like... You know, I, I wrestled back when there'd be, you know, the average attendance was ten to 12,000 people. You yeah. know, not just like one show and stuff like it. And we were hot, you know? You were in and probably the greatest period for everything. Time ever. we're as looking far as at this most and, like, on it. and you're just looking at the stuff we did. And it's like, as these millennials kind of got in the business and the dirt cheap guys kind of like got a voice and stuff and everything, yep. it's like they, they're kind of looking back in our generation trying to, trying to shit on it. Yeah. And I'm like, Dude, the, whoa, you guys yeah. are the reason they're all in it to it's begin offense, with. It. It's, it's, yeah. it's offensive that that they'll say that today there's never been a better time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, then we're all we're all the fans then. <laughs> it's such a great yeah. thing. I go, no, the best time was back when our time right. to to be a fan. The ratings are showing otherwise. People will, will go to the shows and get crazy and stuff. Yes. Like I go now. It's like wrestling fans are like. They just go there, and it's like it's a group of people ready to go. Da, 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 yeah, da, it's a whole different. Da, da. It's just a whole different experience, and I'm like, going, how could you possibly say that that's you know to our generation that th- this time has never been a better time? Yeah. To be I'm like, come on, man, that's, that 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 bothers me. I feel like I'm in the middle as far as because I came, how I came in and what, how we were taught and, mm-hmm. and coming up and watching the change there towards the end of my run and seeing what was going on, yeah. it got really weird. Yeah. It, it's, I always, me and my buddies always would joke it. The, the fans jumped the guardrail and uh, are now running the business. Oh. It's a different, but it, and it's not that it's, yeah. but I've seen the level of the, 
and I, I've heard Vince actually say this, like with, you need to respect the industry to begin with and the mm -hmm. people that came before and periods change and things evolve and whatnot. And i sometimes feel like, and I, cause I've seen it, some of these people, they, they think they, they, they're trying to change the rules of baseball, essentially. Yes. When, like, I was like, that's not what it was built on, right. though. And there's a the reason. The foundation is different. Yeah. yeah. So here's, like, this is just my take on all this, right? Is uh, you have, like, and, and this is, and, you know, no disrespect to these guys because they're great wrestlers. Yeah. But when you started having, like, the rise of, like, Punk and Daniel Bryan and yep. everything and all that, it's like they were popular, but they yep. were popular to this fan base. Yes. Okay. And I'm just sitting there looking. It's like, you know, the old school guys that have said, guys, you know, big guys are just constantly demonized in this business yes. because the, the dirt cheap crowds, like, well, they don't know how to, how, you know, they're, they don't know how to wrestle. Yeah. They're, they're the star ratings for the match. And my like, guys, I go, there's just a basic principle of professional wrestling that people over the years paid to come see larger than life. Yeah. People, I go. The bigger guys are the ones that are larger than life. Yeah. I go. You're not going to come. Be, you know, you're not going to find over the course of time, years and years, to do future business that people are going to come and pay to watch a bunch of performing art, performance artists. No, that weigh it's 180 not. pounds, pretend to wrestle. I each see other. it all the time. And I'm yeah. like, you know, so, so, so you just it's, it's not it's sustainable. You know, you want big guys. That it's a balance like, too, though. Like WCW back in the day had a balance of everything. Uh, but, right, but it's it, a balance. But yeah. we had big guys. Like, yes. Large and life. Here's the thing. And this is this is what's missing from wrestling. When a big guy is cutting a promo on somebody, there's kind of like you know, if, as a fan, it's like you know, damn, this guy looks like he he wants to whoop some ass. Yeah, you know. And it's now it's like you have a bunch of smaller guys. They're not really talking me into the building because no. they're. Do you want me to just like come and watch their performance? But you don't want one guy to. You don't want to come and watch the bad guy get beat up by the good guy. You yeah. want to come and see them have a good performance with each yep. other. And it's like just that model. And I'm like, I say, here we are today. There's never less people watching wrestling. Yeah, and no, I agree. And I'm like, look, it's like. The model doesn't work as a whole. I said, we told you this. Yes. And it's like, you know, here we are. Well, there's a reason why the business was built the way that it was. Right, right. people aren't fucking idiots. Right. Like, there was yeah. a reason. <laughs> right. It wasn't like, it was working. Right. And then everything here, and this is my thing, what I, the people were like, oh, it's, it's fake. We could do whatever we want. We could change the rule. It was like, well, no, it's not going to work. And a group of people started doing this and it doesn't work as a whole. Yeah. And it's in WWE somehow shifted because their business model changed after they bought out WCW, mm -hmm. which I experienced firsthand. They didn't want marquee names anymore, which was yeah. directly told to me when I was in that right. position, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause the marquee names have like driven the yeah, industry. But you know? they, I firmly believe they put people on top who they know aren't going to Truly, truly get that. I well, are probably not going to want a lot of money. Yeah. It, you know, so you're not going to get, there's not who don't complain, who go with the flow. Yeah. That's constantly going to, to the boss because yep. they're getting over, hey, I want another deal. I want another deal. Which I did right off the bat. Right. So, 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 you know, so it's like, they don't, yeah, it's like, it's funny, but you would think that those are the people that, like, you know, that, that are confident that you see on TV. Yeah. And it comes up with energy. That's energy. the thing missing. Right. And people talk about the X factor. It's energy. Yeah. And it's confidence. And it's something that's not, and it's everyone's great. And I know all the guys and I, I like them all. And everyone's, is, there's a lot of guys talented at doing moves, 
But the psychology of old school pro wrestling, that is missing. And I can't tell you how many times, like with guys, to me, when people say, and, and you got the, the fucking melters and guys that want to talk about guys that know how to work, doing flips and shit isn't knowing how to no. work. And what no. it's going in there, and when you throw a punch or you could you throw a shoulder tackle, and that whole fucking audience believes that shoulder tackle actually really hurt yeah. the guy because of how good you fucking laid it and how good that guy sold. I'm like, what happened to all this little stuff that you don't see in the I'll, body slams I'll, and hip tosses? Exactly what happened. Okay, and this is this is to me. It's, it's just it started at this point, and the, the, we haven't changed it. And we got to start integrating it back in. Is that everybody got hooked on Japanese style wrestling? Yeah. Okay. Then like even when I broke in, I broke in the early you know the, the early nineties. But like when you get in the business. It's like, you know, we used to find, like, you, you see the stuff that they're doing in Japan. It's like, oh, this is different. So we want to, I want to try and look at some of this stuff to try and do some new moves. Yeah. You know, some of these. So, guys, Which I'm all for, by the way. I love the moves. The moves are part of wrestling. That's I'm, fine. But, yeah. but the whole thing with Japanese wrestling, everybody started working like the Japanese style matches and strong style stuff. But there's the one thing in this, this, these matches that looks just so freaking stupid. And everybody, the, the, the people, the Japanese wrestlers put it over. But you take this shit and put it in the States. It doesn't look good. This whole stupid Japanese fighting spirits spot yeah. or in the middle of the match you stand there and let the guy form you in the side of the head yeah. and then he you stand there and he forms you back and it's like and like in psychology it's like wait a second like we're taught in wrestling to make it look like a fight yeah at what point in the like the fight do you just stop and say hey you you go ahead and go let me give him a free shot yeah and like and the and the funny thing about that is you know it's just a work. Yeah. But if you're going to give me a free shot and you're going to form me in the side of the head, what's going to happen in every single UFC fighter fight you've ever seen? Yep. The guy drops. Okay, so now we started doing this silly stuff. That, that I've seen it with the suplexes. Guys will do 10 in a row, and then on the 11th one, they sell. I'm like, right. why not just do it on the first one? Right. And, yeah, you can, and do some character shit and yeah, get over. Exactly. And it's like, you know, and then plus two, it's like we got away from doing the forearms now, but nobody yeah. knows how to throw a punch anymore. Yep. And when you do in a feud and you want to sell, Feud at some point, the guys are going to have to fight. Just guys bumping and beating on punches. Like, right, what happened exactly. to that? Like, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. So, so, but that that thing, and the thing is, like, everybody says, like, like the, the wrestling today, these guys are so much more skilled. So I'm like, what are you talking about? We used to get a pop on a punch and a pop. That's where it's disrespectful to me because, right. and I, and I, it's, there, you guys, and I always say the old school wrestlers were truly superior in the fact that they knew how to work and, it's and for us when we came up in developmental, we would have to do matches on the fly, and and that was one of my things on like live events with WWE. I would want to do on live events more stuff on the fly to have fun because when you just call stuff A to Z, it gets yeah. really boring really quick. And yeah. while it does have a place, and you need right. to do it on the big one, like you got to have fun too. And I feel like that has gotten taken out, but just. It's I, I've witnessed it firsthand, and and I don't just the. Mass population, like the, the the ratings are not showing that that people are interested in what the, the is numbers going are why. And they trying to they trying to they're trying to jimmy the numbers up and try to make it sound well. There's more ways to watch, but if you look at the numbers of the people that are watching on DVRs, yeah. it's, it's it's minute. It's not like half the people are now watching on the thing. It's just like no, it's just like it's like one less than ten yeah. percent are also watching. You know, you know, I would, I would say like the show, like if football, and, and if, if if ratings across the board on TV were completely all the way, like wiped out, like the big shows are getting the numbers still, if not better than ever. So clearly if you put out something good, people will watch that to me as like, this is, we're justifying 1.0s now. And I was like, this is not like (laughs) Like, this. I I get better ratings eating a cheeseburger on fucking YouTube. It's a a niche audience. (laughs) It's just a, a, and you look in the crowd. I've said, bro, and and, and, you know, the AEW, God bless them. But every single week I point this out. 
when they pan the crowd, I go, have they shown one hot girl yet in the crowd watching those shows? And I'm like, yeah. bro, go go watch when wrestling's popular. You pan the crowd. There's hot That's shows. actually people a People get great crazy. Point. There's people going, there's a million signs and stuff. Now it's Regular like, people were watching. We've drawn this kind of comic book nerdy crowd that you see at the comic book conventions. Yeah. And they're kind of like, they're almost embarrassed to be on TV. Yeah. Like you look at them and they kind of get their hands at their sides with the cameras on them. Yeah. Like it used to be like, you pan the crowd, the crowd's getting crazy. Now it's like they're... They're there and they kind of like want to applaud the performances. Yeah. They want to, you know, it's, it's, like, it's, it's a, a different, different thing. Yeah. And it's not it's like in the people. Like I, I just think, and you need everything in pro wrestling, but like when the rules get thrown out the windows and you're just seeing things that, that don't, and it's pro wrestling, it's never made uh, perfect sense. sense. Perfect right. sense. Yeah, like you but you got to wear the bruises. But, yeah, you know. you, you, but you try to keep some sort of structure in it, and that right. always was kind of the saving grace. And I feel like with that out the window, and I see it all the time when when. Regular people, they don't understand it. Well, and and the, the thing is, is that the wrestlers these days, they've embraced this art. Yeah. Okay, the art. You know what I mean? So, so what they do is they're always constantly trying to artistically come up with a new spot. You know, like there's something that like, you know, yeah. that, that just looks ridiculous on the thing. Yeah. And it, it literally looks like if you get, like I said, like, heavily choreographed I, things. I just that... tell you, I go, if you go to Cirque du Soleil and you've done Which... we always say this, like Cirque du Soleil, but if you watch some of the spots in Cirque du Soleil, that's a circus. Yeah. The wrestlers are doing those things. It's supposed to be a fight. Yeah. You know, that's what... so like, I'll go, guys, this is great. You're doing all this acrobatics, but like, there's a lot of people that just quit coming to see that. Yeah. And the numbers show that. It's like, you know. And when everyone starts doing it, is it to me, because you always had a little bit of that in, in, in wrestling. Right. But when that is all of a sudden, it, it's that small audience is that, no, oh, that's what makes a good worker. It, yeah. It's not, to me, the pro wrestling was always the illusion of a real fight. And the people that did it best are the people. That made it look real, more real. The, the, yeah. the closer to realism you get is as good as the, the, the best workers yeah. that is close to realism. And the thing is, well, everybody says, what's psychology? And the, the, that's, a, that's a term that's thrown out there, but I'll just tell everybody, psychology is basically the, the logical path a, math, a match takes. Yeah. Okay, like like whatever move from the next, did, did that make sense? Yeah, and making okay? the most of it, and too. And making the most of it, yep. making, making it make sense. And like, it just, and like the, the psychology is like, you, you always have an answer to the question, well, why did you do that? Yeah. And then with that happened, why did you do that? Well, you have a perfect answer. Some of the, you watch wrestling today is like, why, why did you do that? And yeah. it's like, because we could, you know? <laughs> it's like, well, it's going for reactions you know? for the yeah. crowd with rather than, and, and again, there's there's a lot of different ways to do matches, and you don't always have to do all the same stuff. But I feel like, and you can see it with some guys who some today's audience would say, "Oh, they're great workers." I would, I would argue and say, "No, they're horrible." Yeah. And, but they're really good at doing a bunch of spots, planned out spots. But they don't actually know the in between stuff and how to. That if they actually just did two of those things or even one of those things towards the end of the match, the reaction would be so much louder rather than whoring it all out because you want to show everybody that you know how to work. Right. I'm like, this is, it's just a different yeah. mindset that it was always Dr. Tom Pritchard and all these guys in developmental, it was always shut down. Right. The guys that would try to, and then all of a sudden, it when up there it started changing a little bit and, and I just witnessing I'm like what's going on? Here's the thing. It's like it's so like this is the mindset of the wrestlers today. You go to a show and they tell you, you got eight minutes. And you're like, oh cool. Eight minutes. <laughs> now they go go, you tell guys you got eight minutes. What? I we need fifteen. Yeah. It's like, well, bro, what are you, what, what are you thinking? Like you're getting paid the same yeah. whether you're doing eight or fifteen. And like, you it know? used to be, I mean, too, with I feel like in, in pro wrestling, and this is another thing that scares me because I know with what I've gone through and they're not there for you. And granted, I walked out and said, fuck you and went out on just not a good way. Mm -hmm. 
But the injuries that you sustain, especially with WWE, once your contract's over, that shit falls on you. Right. Like and it's the today's style, and like we look at all the old school wrestlers, how beat up everybody is. Yeah. I always say, what is today's guys? What are like? What are they going to look like? Because the, the whole thing too used to be going in there, and everyone always works hard, mm-hmm. but working smart too, and trying to get as much mileage out of everything. Yeah. Whereas I go, I go, why not? And I get smaller guys sometimes having to do more working a bigger guy. That psychology wise makes sense, but when you're just working somebody, and I go, why are you doing a five move combo when to have the guy kick out on one or two that you could have done one really good yeah. move and get the same? Because I don't yeah. like they're not looking at it. This, this the simplicity of professional wrestling guys that know how to how to make it look like they're hitting the guy for real and the guys are selling it like it's, yeah. it's just that we've gotten so far away from that yeah okay that if you go and do that in a match and people just like oh what, what, what's going on here it's like every single match that you watch today and like the with the well because a lot of the guys are smaller you're just in there I'm, I'm counting I'm go okay what are they trying to set up here? Because I can't, I know they're going to figure out something where they're trying to get out of the ring and just start jumping yeah. all over yep. there and you just watch every match like that and you're going like. It just gets like the product looks like people just turn it off. They're, they're like, you see, this is this looks ridiculous. Doctor right? Tom used to say he, he goes, he goes, you could watch two elephants fucking once, and you're like, wow, and then yeah. you see him again, and you might watch, yeah. you might watch a third time. He goes, but after that, you're you're done. Yeah, and it's like it, it, it's over, and it's what now everything is is becoming, and I get it's just a different thing. I, I it's I wish the uh, the psychology and the rules that were put in place were respected a little more, oh, and man. it's and I understand different. And things change a little bit because everything evolves. Well, just, just it's, it's evolved. But the, the one thing too is that uh, social media has damaged, like, like kind of the superstar status of the professional. Yeah. Because like, here's the thing: that back in the day, when you when you like wrestling was on on Monday nights and stuff and all that, and you know you watch it. If it came to your town, probably like three, four months from now, it was coming. Well, once every three, four, six months, it was coming to your town. Yeah. And you would get to go see it live to see the wrestlers in person. Maybe there was an autograph session for one of the guys there that day, and you could go to like you know you could, you'd go see him to get his autograph. Yep. You know, it's so like okay, but nowadays it's like the and that was your access to the public. Yeah, you know, you just saw the like that, that's thing. If you you went out at night in the clubs and people seeing the club, hey, the, all, all the wrestlers are here. But that's you know, but now it's totally like different. we're giving ourselves access to the fans mm-hmm. on a daily basis, and it's like they're too close to us. Yeah, they can they can argue with us on Twitter. Everyone they can, has like, a know, voice they, now. Has too. a voice. They're complaining. You know, we're we're responding to them and stuff. And you know, there's all these Starcast events. Like uh, there's one every month where you yeah. go like, oh, that becomes a meet of wrestlers and stuff. And and it's just like as we kind of like. Given more access to the fans, like we, you look around, it's like they look like the fans. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So you're like, it's kind of like, it's kind of weird. It's almost like if you look at it like a, like cells, you know, or like, yeah. like you know, they like the cells have kind of like gobbled up the people that are coming to see them. Now they all look like together. It's like yep. they're, they're all fusing and stuff, and oh. everybody looks alike. And it's like the fans look like the wrestlers are all awesome. sense. Yes, and. All the well, people do that. People, you don't go. You go to a movie. You know, Terminator's out. I go to. I want to see Arnold. Yeah. He's a mega. Like, there is a thing about creating megastars. I remember Daniel Bryan used to when we. I rode with him and Cody briefly. Dan always used to say he didn't feel like he was. He was like a rock type superstar, Stone Cold. Like yeah. he himself didn't feel that way, and we right. would have discussions in the car about all this stuff. And they, there is something. I mean, when John Laurinaitis was in charge, and they used to look. 
And I get now like they're hiring guys on different things and different abilities, but they would look for guys who they thought had that superstar X factor appeal and that they could then mold into who they, you know, and yeah. you know, like Randy Orton back in the day when he came in, had the look and, and came obviously, you know, third generation wrestler, second generation wrestler. And like, if you look at Randy and like Randy knows how to do the little things really well, yeah. I would say like, which some guys say he's boring and whatnot, but he's not, I look no, at him as beyond I, talented. It was, it was funny too. When, when he came out, I was what, like he was a young guy, okay, yeah. but he was a second generation. And I, I, I mentioned this, like when he came out, it's like, I, I said, the guy's going to be a star because watch him. He's, he's not rushing his ring entrance. Yeah. He's soaking in, he's, he's stopping Getting the fake, you know, they, they yeah. don't understand that. It's like the, the, the wrestlers, they just can't wait to get to the ring to start their match. No. Because Watch him take a shoulder tackle and sell his back. I saw one with him and Matt Morgan from OVW. Because here's the thing. This Terry Taylor told me this because I, I, oh, I, I, I sell good. That, that was my, my thing. Yeah. Terry Taylor said, because I'm very animated when I sell. Okay. And then the thing. He said, I'm watching you sell while you're selling as opposed to watching the other guy like doing his beauty shots. Because yeah. you're doing more stuff. Yeah. And I would say that that to me is work. Yeah. That's I'm working hard to try and keep the camera on me as much yep. as possible in this match. And if I'm doing heelish stuff, it's like I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna stand in that hard camera and do my gimmick so they can you know, yeah. so and it's like, but the, the the way the people like work today, they're like they're all over the place in no. It's like you know, people don't remember like, moves. You know, and I'm know, gonna say that you can't now moves have their place and the right move, but it's always it's the you know, I I, I loved Razor Ramon growing up and it was always the getting ready for the razor's edge and right. setting it up. The move itself wasn't all that that's impressive. But it know? was it was that's what I learned as a kid in which I took with me into pro wrestling was Showmanship. yes because that's what regular people and again you got to be able to go in there and be believable do all the things and if you could do moves and that's great and plug them into the right places at the right times and it's just i was like where is that here's here's the thing and this is, this is what i always tell people so when when i ever do seminars and stuff yeah. thing, is that this this is the key to being over okay and usually you can show me professional wrestling like everybody that's done this as you know it's gotten over the people that don't really don't yep if you have something, okay, and if, it, if it's just one thing or if it's just you know, a couple, but I, I always try to have a few things, right? Things that the fans can imitate if they want to be you, yeah. okay? So if two kids, two 13-year-old kids are wrestling each other in the, in the yard and one kid's Macho Man and the other kid's me, yep. we would have our, our, our signature things that we would do that if two people watching them that didn't know the fans, oh, that kid's being Macho and that kid's being Disco, yep. okay? And so... Because the fans like to like, they like to imitate you. Yep. They like to live by kids. That's how kids. And, and if you're imitatable, like like the Iron Sheik's voice, yes. Ric Flair's woo, you know the the too sweet, the like you know, all, all that stuff is imitatable. Yep. If you don't have anything that the fans can imitate, then what what are you know? That's not you're not. Really, that's pro wrestling. You're not that's, doing it right. No. You're not you're not doing any showmanship. No. You know. So that that's the way I've always like. It's just a catchphrase. Even, yeah. You know. That's how what people. That's what these guys just do not work on these days. And I remember Val Venus came up to me at a show in Arizona after I'd been going and things were going good. And uh, he goes, "Man, he goes that move, the shell shock you do." He goes, "I hate it when you march around like that." And I just I go, "Oh, thank you." Yeah, right. And he goes, "Why you do that?" Yeah. And I, I go, "Oh, my ankle was hurt when I came up my balance, and which is really was." Right. And I know I remember I would get things kids tweeting me, right, marching around with it. Yeah. And I'm like, "No, I'm keeping that for as long as because that's right. for that very reason." When he told me that. I was just like, he doesn't get it. <laughs> yeah, right. You got to be imitatable. That's, that's, that's the thing, you know? The, uh, when you talk about, like, the overexposure of wrestling, like, now with me and getting out and, like, the supplements and everything and working on all this, I look at wrestling, and I talked to, like, the Chris Van Vliet guy did his show, and 
like for me, I don't know what the, in getting healthy, like I want to go back, but I was like, I don't think I ever want to go back full time. Right. I now I like to me, I was like, I look at it like almost like fighting like two or three times a year would be fucking for me. Right. Like, with the, knowing what it can do to your body. I was like, and how promotions are and owning everything. I was like, I don't really, I can't get excited going back on the road five days a week after like knowing everything right. and just seeing what, how what, it what, does. What, what do you think? Cause, like, well, what do you think caused your back problems? Oh, the back. So, and this is, I'm actually working with a, a woman now. This, I don't know if you've heard of the newbie device. Mm-hmm. It uses direct current. It's not a tens unit, but it's like the similar right. type style. But it uses direct current, which is what our brains use with our nerves. I suffered the the botched surgery on my ankle and leg that started all this and my downfall at WWE when the doctor had botched it all. Uh, I had suffered perineal and superficial nerve damage putting two screws through. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this, so and just learned this a few weeks ago. This machine is getting my nerve. My big toe doesn't go up. I have like my. Oh, whole, you got that? Yeah. I started getting whole nerve. inside of my foot is dead. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Okay. I, I was getting them the because the, the, I, I got like some nerve problems in, in my in my yep. feet. That's like where you can't. But like it did. It my, runs my into dog, your back, though. What was it? Wasn't in the back? No, no. Mine, my, my, mine was in my back. Yeah. And the whole thing was like, I as I started training my lower back hard. Yep. Okay. I was like, I, I started doing like hyper extensions, and uh, because I didn't really do I did lower back stuff, but like started training my core hard because yeah. I've always had back problems. Yep. That that, but I, let me see if I can get it better, right? So I started doing just like one set of hyper extensions, like every three four days. I, I do like you know start up doing forty. I got to like hundred and forty. Okay. And it's just like, God, my, you know, my legs, my feet are saying, so my doctor told me, he's like, bro, you're, you're working your low back too hard. Yeah. And it's like, cause and it's P it's, you know, it's impinging the nerves and stuff yeah. and everything and all that. And I was like, really? I was like, wow. Cause I feel, I, my back feels good, but it's like, my legs are kind of like, you know, messed up. He goes, no, that's, that's how it works. Yeah. Know? So I've had to like adjust my, my back, like exercises. I don't yeah. exert it as my, I don't do like. You know, super hard to you know, but I'm going to give you some of the, the the core things they gave me that have helped right. me tremendously. Right. It's okay, very cool. simple. Yeah. I'm telling you, just do them in the morning and yeah. like whenever you before you work out. So the perineal nerve that was damaged, the screw the doctor put through that caused okay. all that leg damage, runs into your L4, L5 disc. Right, where right, yeah. Those were my two worst discs in my yeah, back. No, L5 is mine, so it's like this. You know, it's, it, like, it's all. I didn't realize how connected this possibly was to my ankle thing, um, but the move specifically that I contribute to it was the backpack stunner with the guy on my back. Right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was doing that. Regal told me when I got up to WWE as Skip Sheffield uh, during NXT, he said, I wouldn't do that move as your finisher. He goes, it's yeah. going to destroy you. And I said, I go, okay. And at the time, feel indestructible, right. never. And uh, there's I, no biology you go through with training and rest. No, they, don't, they don't tell they you the moves you're doing. You can look at the ones that are obviously going to hurt, but yeah. like a lot of the stuff you don't. Well, flatbacks and all that, the energy's dispersed. But right. when you land, and I tell people, and like you look at Hogan and his back the, with the leg drop, yeah. the, and Austin with the stunner, the ass bump is the, the energy can only go one place. Right, exactly. It goes, it goes and it compresses your disc. Yeah. So my thing is, and now knowing what I know, don't do ass bumps ever, yeah. like ever. It's yeah. just not worth it. And I see it with people and I cringe now. And, and I didn't know even if, but you don't add up how much, especially that WWE schedule. If you do it every once in a while, it's one thing. But that move, I would have the guys wait on my back and yeah. I never wanted to hurt the other guy. And, so I took the whole thing yeah. and I would land first and then they would take a flat back. And and think about like over the course, how, like how many days a week were you? I was doing, so how, how, we, how many, how many did dates? Four to five nights a week okay, and for five, five years. Okay, for yeah. Five, okay. So you think about that. It's like, you know, because this is one thing that when me and my kinesiologist got my chiropractor guy, we kind of like came up with this this plan to like for my body. Here's what I was doing. 
you five, five to seven days of the road, okay? And when you come home, it's like, hey, we'll work out. So I was like, wait a second, you know, I'm not, I'm not really resting. Yeah. You know, my body's not. I'm, even when I'm coming home, I'm going to see the chiropractor. Yeah. So the chiropractor I was doing the same adjust, thing. Yep. The chiropractor's manipulating. You know, like getting adjusted. It's like my body is never really getting any rest. No. Like for sure. So what I started doing was when when you, when you come home. They say your uh, your adrenal glands have like a forty eight hour half life. So yeah. so if you're sore, okay, your adrenaline is going to wear off. It's going to it's going to hit you not the next day, the following day. It's going to hit you. So what I do is I'd come home from the road and I would work out that day because I know that like the next next day would take off. I'm just going to rest because I know I'm going to be sore because it's it's going to hit me that next day. Yeah. And I would just like rest like one or two days, just no working out, no chiropractic, nothing because and it would ha- help my body yeah. because like. Bro, I've just, learned just, that too. Here's what scares me about this this business. Just I don't live in fear, but I just there's so many wrestlers that have just dropped dead at an yeah. early age, and yeah. it's like okay, I know they get those guys in steroids, the drugs, everything, you know, but but what if it's the stress that we put on our bodies for a living over all this time, and just and, yeah. and just traveling you know, alone and, is and stressful. Your, your heart, heart is constantly just you know, working hard and stuff. To, what what, what if that's it's like, what if that's it? You know, yeah. and I'm so I was caffeine constantly convinced they have right. the coffee so, there. That's that's fucking so gasoline. I, so I just just really been smart to try try to rest. Yeah, you know, like take two days off from the gym in a row. You know, just just rest. You gotta, yeah. go, it I just did a 48 hour fast, nothing, yeah. and I felt so good. My yeah. body. I've learned that as I've gotten older. I you really have to just no, not don't go do cardio. Just yeah. rest. Yeah. Like really. Well, the funniest thing is like the, the evolution of diet in the train professional wrestling. Yeah. You know, but back in the day, we 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 ate everything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go to, you, you would eat like, uh, you know, meat, rice, you know, sweet potatoes and stuff. We don't, you know, sushi, right? You know, yeah. eating all this stuff. And then it kind of like, we heard this, you know, the, the, the low carb craze, yeah. in it, you know? So then it was like low carb and stuff, everything, all that. But it's like, uh, but, but nowadays, like now the fasting is like, and then the fasting makes such com- simplistic common sense. It's like, yeah. people are saying like, you know, wow, how, how, well, how does that work? You know, it's like, well, you don't eat. Yeah. You know, that, that's like, if you look at like, everybody's like, well, the caveman's like, well, yeah, the caveman looked like that because they would have to hunt for their food. Yeah. If you, you didn't catch any food, you guys, you would eat when you got, you caught the food. So it's like the fasting makes perfect. It's helped me. I do it, man. I, I, I've had to, so I, I've had, I do 16, 18 hours a day. Yeah. I'll eat mine's meals between three, two and eight o'clock at night. So let me ask you this. Cause this is what I, I've, I went back, I had stand efforting on and I went, I switched over to his vertical diet uh, two months ago mm-hmm. uh, and going back to car. I do a lot of white rice now. I do about 350 grams of carbs a day. I was doing about four, 450 right. and cut down my metabolism though from doing, I was doing the intermittent fasting and I tried keto. I'm not a, I don't, when I've had genetic testing done, I don't process fats well. Right. I've learned that when I do high body fat, my weight goes down and my body fat goes up right. every time I've done it. And I, for a year, couldn't get into ketosis. Right. And I'm talking like, really? doing, yeah. Wow. Or if I did, it was mild. Right. Like it was in, I got the glucose meter and that whole deal. And I had found though what happened with me and I was doing 20 hours a day fasting right. for months on right. end. Right. And at first it was amazing. Mm-hmm. What happened though to me is I wasn't my basal metabolic rate. I probably need based off my body weight and everything between four and 5,000 calories a day with activity and everything. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even coming close to that and that eating in that four hours. Mm-hmm. So what was happening was my metabolism started slowing down more and more and more and more because right. I wasn't getting enough calories in that four right. hour window. And then I was doing the prolonged fasting and I would, I, I noticed like, I'm not really burning body fat during doing a 48 hour fast or a 24 hour fast. And I'm like, but I felt good. Right. 
And then when I switched over to stands and got carbs back in my diet, I started burning body fat again. My metal it took a few weeks to get it going again. Right. And I felt so much better. But I kept and I talked to that Dr. Berg guy I had on the show, who's a big keto guy and fasting, and he goes, uh -huh. do one twenty-four hour fast a week. And he goes, try to do a forty-eight to seventy-two hour once a month and you'll be completely fine. Right. So I eat normal now all the other days of the right. week. And then I'll do a big cheat meal going into my fast so I get a little oh, better. You do that, yeah. And I then my fast, I burn way more body fat doing the fast yeah because my metabolism is actually firing yeah. from not underdoing the calories which i think is a lot of us whenever we diet we always cut our calories too low yeah a lot of people it's a common mistake and it slows your metabolism over time right and what that's why you hit the wall so for me it was just incorporating prolonged fasting has so many health benefits yeah and it fixes so many blood pressure cholesterol and all that and everything comes back great now and just eating normal right and i eat steak and rice and and just but i keep my calories within that window. Yeah, I, I lost so much doing keto. I lost like 26 pounds in one year. And then it was like, I got down to 195. And I was like, nah, I just want to save like a 200. Yeah. So, so it's, it's been simple with me. I just, I'll just do keto for a few days, do a cheap meal, keto for a few days. Actually, it's not even keto. I don't even do keto anymore because I don't measure the- Just low carb more than anything? No, no sugar, keto. no grains. Yeah. I do the Vinny Tortorich uh, concept. Okay. I, just, I just don't eat sugar and I don't eat, I don't eat grains. I, I eat everything else. Like I'll eat- Whatever vegetables and stuff, everything. You know, I'll do a lot of broccoli I'll, too I'll, and stuff. Yeah, broccoli, soup, you know, what, what, anything. Just, just no bread, no, yeah. you know, no bread, no rice, no pasta, and no, no sugar. And I'll, yeah. you know, and then if like you know, if I'm starting to lose, like you know, that's the thing. It's like I just look in the mirror every day. My yeah. abs are coming in, my abs are coming in, but then it's like my pants are getting too loose. I'm like, oh, let me go cheat for two days. You know, what I'm saying, yeah. let, me, let me do too much weight. You know, do you know? Because I, I notice too with people with keto, and this is always my thing, and I. And then you can take steroids out of the equation for some people online that are doing keto that are doing that. But I noticed the majority of people that were, were dieting hard and, and doing keto and they lost massive amounts of weight, they were still skinny fat in a way, a lot of them that I saw. Right. And I, I'm like, I just know from my experience what I was doing and then when I went back to carbs, it's like a bodybuilder. They'll lower their carbs going into a show and then they don't keep them super low though for a long time. Right. It's just in it, keeping that metabolism going. Here was, here was my Monday Night Nitro trick, okay, because I always wanted my abs to look good on Monday yeah. night, right? So all I would do is about 8 o'clock on Sunday, I, would just, I wouldn't drink water, okay? I yep. wouldn't drink. So I wake up in the morning, maybe like a four ounce glass of water, right? I wouldn't water the whole day. So I was doing kind of like the thing, and so my abs look good, you know. But they, yeah. they look good, they, but my abs. But you're not great. too and fast, kind essentially, or well, just just should one, one drink water. Yeah. And so then, as soon as the match is over, you know, I'd have like a liter of water, you know, so I drink water the rest of the night. But but that was I would just do like just a just a, a water fast. Yeah. Like from from eight o'clock at night to eight o'clock, night would start at eight o'clock the next day, and that, that's what, that's what I would do. So my abs look good, and that was it. I would do uh, the smart water, the distilled water. Right. I would like WrestleMania. My last WrestleMania, I drank distilled water the last like three or four days. Mm -hmm. I was drinking it pretty heavily and with just a little bit of regular water yeah. mixed in, and like I would drop water like crazy on that. It would just make you piss and piss. Isn't it, and piss. Isn't it kind of funny when you think about it? Like, I was talking from this about WrestleMania the other day. Is uh is how, like, how ever since they started the network, right? Yeah. So the WrestleMania paycheck is not this big exorbitant thing no. anymore. Now it's like, you know what, the, isn't it crazy how the WrestleMania paycheck, now, now they have to go all the way over to Saudi Arabia to get the, the, the WrestleMania Yeah, paycheck. man, it's... And now, like, think about the change. Like, they're, you know, say it's like, maybe it's a great time to be a wrestling fan, but for the wrestlers, like... Jesus, for independent wrestlers, it's great. Yeah. Like the, and I always say that when the like guys going into promoters the, are given too, too much, they're yeah. paying us too much. I, I'm not a fan of promoters in general. Right. Like, if, yeah. Not just in wrestling, in life, because yeah. they take advantage of humans.
humans right. in any way, bodybuilding, whatever you want to, yeah. it, it's all. But it's like to think that like now I'd have to go like all the way across the world to, yeah. get, like, to get a, a payoff and get in Baltimore and in, in New yeah. York or something. You know, Glenn, something I can tell you, stuff. I've been there. I've wrestled with it. Is it Riyadh? Is uh, there? Something like that. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, and we did two shows over there. And uh, the first time we'd went there, and I'll never forget, because we were always, there were only two places we weren't allowed to leave uh, the hotel. And it was in India, because it, in India, wasn't, it was more because it was just chaos a little bit. Right. The population, and it could be a little crazy. And it was over there. They did not want us, we didn't have a, a gym off site. And I'll never forget John Casino would always go off site to work out. And we were at a really nice hotel there. And I just remember uh, the, the rumor was that the beheadings were going on down the road. Like, this yeah. was no joke. Like, this yeah. was not people trying to scare each other. And I remember John, I, I go, Are you going to try to find a gym? And he goes, I'm not leaving. Yeah. And when I heard that, I was just like, Okay. Yeah. And the gym was nice there. It's, it's kind of like, I never really get, uh, I, I travel, I never went to really the bad places. But yeah. the funniest thing was, like, have you been to South Korea before? We, I don't know if we, We've, I don't think WCW goes there, but we, we okay. used to wrestle. I used to do this, this promoter. We, we do army base tours. Yeah. So we were touring all. There was like 13 army bases and military bases in South Korea. So it's funny. Like one of the ones, the one in South Korea, the main part of town, it's like, you know, like they say, you know, you, they, they want you to kind of stay in the base, you know, and stuff. But like they had a list, okay, for, for the service people there. And they, they gave it to us. It's like there were places that the service people were off limits to because they would, and they would have it marked, like yeah. human trafficking, prostitution, yep. you know, stuff. So, so, of course, you know, you know, they, oh, well, I want to go to those places, see what, see what it's like. Mm -hmm. So we go, you know, like a place like TGI Fridays would yep. be like human trafficking and prostitution. We go, wait, really? Like, so you walk in, you look around, it's like, well, what's the fuss? Yeah, you know, yeah. Go to the next place. But like, but it was funny. Like, I was like, I want to go, I want to go see all those places. Yeah. Like, like all the, you know, the, the weird stuff and everything. But, uh. It's, but it was a different, I can tell you though, it was going over there. It was, and we had one security and like in the airport, I, I've never been happier to leave. Right. But it was, un, I, yeah. I, it was, it was uncomfortable and not right. to say, and in the hotel, like there's no, the internet doesn't work cause they, they monitor everything. I want, oh, Jesus. like yeah. it was, or like you're very restricted on the, yeah. like everything you could do. It's just a different, it's a different thing and whatnot, but. I did want to get your opinion on a couple of things with what did you, cause this just happened. What do you think about CM Punk coming back with the whole Fox? You see that showed up yeah, on the, the, I, the WWE, yeah, the Fox backstage. They, they were thing. talking about that. The Fox was kind of, they, they like, I mean, bro, bro, let me tell you something. Fox is like, I, I can't, in the year 2019, look at the landscape of wrestling in the past couple of years. I was like, why on earth is Fox and TNT getting into the I believe. I, go, I, go, I don't know where the fans are. You know? Yeah. But I'm thinking maybe maybe they know something we know. Maybe they, they wanted their social media numbers come up because yeah. the wrestling fans bring that up. I think They're this like, is the beginning know. of them buying WWE, personally, because uh, I think Vince well, has simplified it for it to be taken here's over. The, here's the one thing that, that I've noticed the past couple of years. I've never worked for Vince McMahon, but yeah. like, you'd always, Vince was always always the boss, you yeah. know, and it's like USA network never really had any like control over him, yeah. you know? So when Fox got the deal and like, you know, the wrestling's ratings are still like going down. Like yeah. you, see, you just heard stories like Fox wants Daniel Cormier to be an announcer. Fox, Fox wants this. Fox, like the, these, the first time I've ever seen Vince McMahon get pushed around. Yeah. Like, like, Hey, he's answering guys, the people now. Yeah. These guys want numbers, Yep. you know? So it's like, if you're not going to give them to us, 
well, we're going to throw what our two cents in is what what's going to draw some some people. So hey, well, huh? Yeah. Okay, you don't want to. Well, the ratings were time. horrible last week for the show, supposedly, yeah. and yeah. that's when then all of a sudden they, that he's yeah yeah. So now so now Fox wants numbers. Yeah. You know, you knew that's that's all they care about, right? So the numbers aren't good. So why thought, well, wow, what are we going to do here? Well, let's get Punk on backstage. Let's 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 try to get our numbers yeah. up. You know, that's that's the way they're like. But it's funny. It's like you look at WWE, and it's like for years, it's like. I wonder if they even like cared about the numbers as they're going down. Cause like you look at the going down and like the formula never really. Well, they changed, were, but the thing you know? is when people don't understand this is they were making more money than ever though. And again, the talent, and this is all part of the, the brand was, is doing better than ever. They figured out ways to make money on yeah, the back end. Well, you can do so many and you're caught up to them though. Well, I feel well, like the technology, I, social media, there's yeah. so many streams, revenue like, streams. We don't never so, like YouTube. Yeah. They, they make whatever they make on there. They have 50 million YouTube subscribers. Yeah. They we don't get paid. The talent don't, get paid yeah. for that. Yeah. That's and that they're they just, they just have all these different revenue yeah. streams because technology technology is growing and the yep. internet is growing. You know, so it's like of course it'd be crazy to not be able to make money like that, you know, because you just like yeah. it's like a formula, just like plug in things and sell and yep. sell and sell, you know, but like but yeah, but like it's just funny. Like I've always told people like the, the, this is the biggest the criticism that, that we have as, as wrestlers that just want the business to be good. It's like we're not knocking the WWE for, for they know how to make money. Yeah, but the the problem is their their flagship show has just not been good for years. Yeah, and that's the ultimately by not that, making marquee names. I feel like that, is the that drives the raw show yeah. is the epicenter of the wrestling business because that's the first thing that a, that a fan will gravitate to is Monday Night Raw, and that's where your base comes from. And it's just like because their show has just not been good for, for yeah. it's like six, seven, eight years now. And now, like, like and I look at like the, do you think Punk can come back and then like, him go into Fox and I don't, what, bro, do you, with honest, everything that happened? And I, the, I, I, yeah, I'll be honest, he's he's a, he's a damaged brand. Yeah, I mean, like it's like uh, this is what I said about what, what I said about Ronda Rousey. Yeah. All the dirt. We, I had Meltzer on our show. We argued this. He was yeah. talking about how Ronda would me, and I'm like, bro. I go, she's just lost. I go, don't you understand the perception here? Her stock is not like what it used to be. Yeah. I go, you're buying a stock and it's lost fifty percent of its worth. Yeah. I go, Punk, since he won the you know, since he won the UFC and he, he didn't do well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you just cannot pretend that his stock has not dropped. I you know, I agree with you one hundred percent. That's why, like, so it's you like, want to know the only yeah. way I think that he? Yeah, I think they have to put somebody with him and yeah. keep him as a heel. I honestly believe that would he could. Well, well, I think he would have a purpose in wrestling if done right, but not, I don't think you can have him be that cult baby face. Uh, here's, here's what's going to happen. Not right off the bat. If, he, if he goes back, his deal is going to be very pro punk is going to get his. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he's yeah. going to get a Gary. He's going to get a few dates, make good money. He's ultimately going to parlay his crappy UFC career into making more money yeah. than the type of deal. I think he's brilliant w. with what he's done with this to go to right. Fox too, by the way, right. Fox. And so, that, and they, yeah, with them having a little bit of control over Vince, right. I think he, I think it was a pretty smart yeah. move. But but the thing is, if he comes, if he comes back to wrestling, he's he's not going to boost the ratings. No, that's it's what like, that's what I mean. That's yeah, what I'm yeah, saying. Not, with doing that, I don't think it's, it's no. He's like, because all the, the, this fan base is maybe some other people will come back. You know, there were fans in 2011 when he yeah. had his run, but it's like. But they've he's been away for too long. He's he's been the UFC. Yeah. Lucas, so it's like uh, I don't think they care. I know? think it too. Like I remember being younger with WCW when things. I just remember watching and things not making a lot of sense. And then like they would start putting names again, trying to pop, and it yeah. wasn't working. Right. It's like I feel like it's happening all over again. Yeah. It's like because things have been going the wrong way for so long, and talent have been like they've been printing money not backed by gold for too long now, and now everything's kind of really yeah. catching up to them. That it's like no matter what you do, I don't know if it's going to have any impact. 
fact no. because the formula's been wrong now for and the channels of the people come like here's a perfect example. You know, there was five weeks ago they or six weeks ago, whatever it was, when the first week of Fox on SmackDown, SmackDown on Fox on yeah. the first week of AEW. A lot of attention. Yeah. Everybody's like, so everybody knew about it. Even the people haven't watched, oh, hey, hey, let's watch this week, right? And just you just fast forward six weeks. Yeah. You, we've lost literally nearly almost half the yeah. people that, that started watching. I want like, AEW to succeed more than anybody because I, 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 I truly, and I like, I, I've known Cody. I used to live with him back. And I think they, they're going to, I'm hoping that they can, if they take the formula of trying to make marquee names, I think they, and like, again, you got to do it with the right people, though, too, yeah. and, get, and I don't know. It's so early and everything. Uh, it's, it's like, it's, it's, I, believe that I, was, I was doing the podcast the other day. I just asked, it's like, well, in, in the last five years, what's what's the best angle that you've heard, remember wrestling? I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. Yeah. It's like, what was, what was about the best interview? Came real test. Like, bro, yeah. we're missing good angles and good promos. Yeah. And it's like, for years this has happened. It's like, uh, and suppose we have great matches because that's what all the dirty guys are saying. But like, yeah. I'm like, guys, I go, there's no, nobody's watching this stuff. It's yeah. like, we've lost a lot of the fan base because nobody is learning the principles of professional wrestlers and how to talk people into the shows, yeah. you know? And so it's well, like. Well, I think AEW is doing, like with but Cody. But Punk can do that, though. The, Punk's a good talker. Yeah, which, absolutely. Which, which is but why my thing is, though, the, misses him, you, know? you have to, in the WWE thing, with everything is so, and I know from, it, it, it's so out of touch with being written for you, that if AEW allows talent to go out there and actually get themselves over, I think over time it can have a positive effect if, if they are allowed. But it's like, has enough damage been done or enough eyes on the product anymore that it's, is it going to, you know, I, I just I want the best for them because I think it's it's good for everyone. But it's good, for, yeah, because the, the it's, it's good for the podcast yeah, business. It's more attention, right? Yeah, it's but, it, it's, but I'm looking at I'm like everything just keeps going down and down yeah. and down and down. I'm like, man, I don't I don't I know. Do, I'm just telling you, bro. It's just, it's just you look in the crowds at these shows yeah. and you look at the people that are drawing. You're like, man, this is just not this is not cool. It's like it's just not. This is not pop culture. No. This is kind of like this is kind of like a it's just a weird brand now that's kind of catered to a weird. It's a different. I, I tell you, it's a different, it's a different product. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. not. And I go that that was never pro wrestling, and it was so. It's just. I don't and plus, know. too, they're scared. And in this, in this day and age, is so the, the millennials and the outrage culture and stuff. Yeah, they're scared to do things that we know works. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden now it's like the, this is the, my, my biggest pet peeve in wrestling. It's like. They want the female performers. Don't objectify the female performers. Like, what are you talking about? Go, this is the one thing the women have over the guys in this business. If they're hot, they yeah. can be more popular. Oh, I got. Years ago, I you remember gotta, I made a comment that I love. Like, I like with women playing up to their their sex their, their sexiness and that because regular common sense. Yeah, you know. Like, and I, I remember they took Ryback's a sexist. I go, no, jeez, yeah. like, guys, like, bro. It's like that's that's the thing. It's like wrestling is predicated for this target market, the eighteen thirty four male. Yeah. you're doing it without the sex appeal. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay like, with some people not doing like, it. I bet I mean, like, I'm like, we gotta have some on there. Yeah. It's like, you know, this is a two hour, three hour show for, for males. Yeah. I'm like, and you're not, and you, you want the males to like, you know, uh, watch the girls as performers. I'm like, they're yeah. not as good as the guys. I'm like, you know, so it's like, you know, yeah. they're hotter than the guys. I mean, I'll watch for that, but it's like, you know, and everyone, know, it's just a different period like, with guys are afraid to speak to and tell them like, you say stuff like that. And yeah. there's just a people like, this is, this, this is why I, I got thick skin and I could yep. care less about the outrage cultures because like, I'm the same because I know these people 
It's it's the, the literal term fake outrage. Just it is fake because if yeah. I it sounds like we give somebody that that you're, that you're telling me you're offended. It's like ah, how about we give you a lie detector test to see if you're actually really yeah, offended? Yeah, because yeah. I don't think you are offended. Yeah. I think you're just trying to. Get I think you're just unhappy with life in general. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> until somebody can tell me if being offended will physically cause you discomfort or you get sick or something, like, I don't care about offending you. It's yeah. like you know, because I, I know being offended is just like you didn't like what I have to say. Yeah. So okay, also in the business. And you're talking from experience yeah. and of what you personally right. like, which is a lot, a lot of people. Right, like, a lot of people and, like, and, like yeah. it's, So it's like, wait, what? Yeah, well, it's like, uh, what are we talking about here? You know, it's, it's crazy, right? You talk about real quick. I know you got to go. I don't want to keep you too long. The, what are your thoughts on Melter? Because I... I remember when I came and in, coming into WWE, I'm not fond of the guy because he would well, put out lies on me that I knew for, right. and I didn't his, find out he, till later. Here's my history with him: is that he had a uh, um, back when I was had been fired from WCW, and there was a there was a thing where it was saying that uh, he was he reported in the Observer, and I never really con- conversed with him. I maybe like. I'd see him at a show or something yeah. like in the hotel. Hey, what's going on? So, but um, you know, I've never, I respected the guy's work because he's like he was like the you know when you broke into business, the wrestling a lot of effort different. goes into what he does. Well, we obviously. Right, right. We do. We didn't have like you know if you didn't have the Wrestling Observer newsletter to read, you didn't know what was going on yeah. in the business. You know, so they would man. I never got it, but all the wrestlers would always have one in the locker room. So, so okay. Raven got it, so I'd read his. You know, but but he's like doing the yeoman's work. You know. Yeah. Well, now these days there's like a million of them doing the yeoman's yeah. work. But the funniest thing was is he had he had written a story. Or just reported that I was telling people that I was going to the WWE. Yeah, I was like, "Who? Wait a second! The only people I'm really talking to right now are Coney and Nash." And so I go, so I called him up. I says, "Hey, give me that's when. Hey, give me Meltzer's number." Come on, go, David. I don't know who's telling you this, but like, if if unless it's coming from like one of these three people, yeah, I go, I'm I'm not telling anybody that. I go, that's yeah. not true. All right. So the next week after me calling him, prince, hey, I'm not telling anybody I'm going to WWE. He prints and goes, regardless of what the Disco Inferno says, I have a good authority that he's he's, he's Told me he was going to I'm like, wait, wait a second. You got the, you heard it from the horse's mouth. Yeah. And now you're still like doubling down. I'm like, what? I go, what's going on here? I go, how? I was like, how often does that happen? Yeah. And I'm like, so, you know, but he creates a lot of hate for people, I feel, in today's day and age from what I've heard from him. And then, like, I have him blocked on everything. And I just know for me, I used to get things that I didn't understand. Like, people would start messaging me. I'm like, and they, I'd be like, what the fuck's going on? It was yeah. stuff he would say. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it was like, come on, man. Like, it's, it's, if you can't tell from day Meltzer from day one yeah. that his sources have agendas. Absolutely. And, and, and his newsletter is narrative driven. Yeah. And it's stuff, you know, he has guys that he doesn't like and he's guys that he likes and stuff. No matter what happens, yep. he's not going to stray from that, nope. that that premise. Like, if I like this guy, I'm not going to get, you're not going to read a lot of dirt about this yeah. guy. You know what I'm saying? Everything's always in a good tone right. with him and no matter what. And the thing is, is that like he's looked as an authority and I'm like, bro, the guy's never, like, no. he, he wrote because he tweeted the other day, like he always answers fans' questions from fans. Right, yeah, and he was talking about how good the selling is in Japan, how good they sell, yeah. And I want to tweet it's like, wait a second, I teach guys how to do how to sell, I, I'm a trainer, for like, yeah. I didn't, I would never teach you to sell like that, yeah. yeah. Like, it's like you're too you'll get criticized for right, yeah, yeah, yeah. shitty selling. You go, bro, I trained to do this, I know, like, that's the thing. There's two things that that that, it, that you get from this business from being in the business wisdom and experience, yep. okay. And if you don't have any wisdom or experience, from having trained and done this and learned how to do this, it's like, how can you possibly 
you know, speak on like what what we do. It's yeah. like you know, you, bro, you never know like how a, how whether a, a match sucked or was good or we, whether the guys in the back whether something changed during the in the middle of the match. Like, yeah. That all I know is like these guys like what what the, what they should do. Professional wrestlers they should write the script out for all their matches and just go hey hey sell them online. Yeah like, yeah. Here's here's the match. It's like it's I just wish know, he, so. he's in a position I feel like where he can and with the journalism or whatever where you can put out a good message more times than not. And he, I feel like he just chooses the negative and or really well, and like they're always looking to be unhappy or he, complain. He doesn't and, have a parent company. He, no. where he works for himself. Yeah. So well, he so, makes so, money off all of it right. for creating controversy so, and selling negativity. So and, when usually reporters do misinformation or something, the parent company is going to come down to them, hey, you got to retract this. Yeah. There's well, none of that. And there's nothing you can no, in today's day and age. Nothing, and, <laughs> you don't see that. So it's like, it, it's know. just a different thing. It, I always look at it as like in sports, if you're the, the star running back and, and you got a few coaches on the team that maybe don't whatever like you and they whatever in the ESPN you know they can't get you out of that position but yeah. in wrestling yeah. there's all these agendas and things going right. on and it, it sucks that he can have influence of any degree well this, this, out, I'm not going to see because the guy obviously has a lot of clout in the business because a lot of guys respect a lot of guys you wouldn't think they respect him yeah. respect him. I just but, know for a fact he's put out lies for one of the well, that's well, this, yeah, so your personal experience if he's lying about you you're not going to really respect the guy yeah. but it's like but we we have him on our show sometimes, and yeah. I always have respectful arguments. And if we disagree, just have you know, I'll bring the guy and talk about the stuff that we disagree about. But the, there's things I do disagree. You know, the thing is, which I are mean, allowed? Yeah, everyone's allowed. I, to have I've their never opinion. changed my principles. It's like if somebody I don't like or doesn't like me agree, says that I agree, I, I wholeheartedly agree with them. It's like yeah, yeah. A good idea is a good is a good idea, no matter where it comes from. I don't yeah. care who came up with it. You know, so I've always uh, I just think it's. Interesting that because since I'm not really in the business anymore, I'm just doing the podcast. Yeah. But like, I just wonder how many of this generation of professional wrestlers like like grew up and got their you know the big why they like like here's a perfect, perfect thing like somebody told uh, I was telling Jericho this the other day when when I broke in the business. It's like everybody wanted to be Ric Flair. Yeah. Now people, now everybody in the business, now now people, when you're when you're young, yeah. you want to grow up, you want to be Ric Flair. Yeah. Now it's like we have a base of fans. When you they grow up, they want to be Dave Meltzer. Yeah. And it's like there's a there's a fan base of want to be yeah. Dave Meltzers out there yeah. as opposed to want to be Ric Flair's. You know. What I'm yeah. Saying? It's, it's a whole different. It's just a different and thing. Just created this, and this, this is the whole thing I said. Like when 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 wrestling, the, the, and this is this is the, the main problem with professional wrestling. And the, why it's not popular, and why yeah. it's it's far away from being popular, unless drastic change is going to be made, is that if you look at the way people watch this, the way the fans react to the live shows, and if you look like after like on Wednesday nights or Monday nights or Friday nights after, if you watch and go online and are engaged in wrestling fans conversations, yeah. You're looking at this going like, and this is what I call it. Remember how the, the attitude era? Yeah. I call this the "What's wrong with these people" era. Yeah. Because like, what, I've seen the, it the firsthand by regular people. Right. It, they're arguing about the the booking credit, like you're, and it's like a very, just like it's not a real good fun no. product to get engaged in now. It's like you know, for for outsiders that are trying to look and see what these fans are talking about online, yeah. and you look at the conversations. Why would you want to be a part of that? Yes, it's and then not... you look at what's hap what actually happens with the numbers on the shows, and it's like there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of base in this. Yeah, that that basically you know, th this is one of the reasons why people aren't watching. Yeah. And it's like the, the people look at you and like you know because they're in the business and they're fans of it. Yeah. They don't want to be told yep. that they're acting 
Weird. And I know from you getting know? out and seeing what it was happening, like it, it, there's there are some major problems going on with it. I, I don't know. I don't know what I, I want the best though for everything. And yeah. like, like I said, like, I'd like to go back to some degree, but I don't know if I ever would. Yeah. Like once you get out of that bubble, yeah. It like in life, well, bro. This it's just because you're a big guy. It's like automatically there's going to be a percentage of the fans that are just going to want to mm. criticize you. Oh, I've dealt you know? with that. <laughs> so that never like, bothered no, me because right, I know right, like, but, from everything like, that. Yeah. It, it doesn't yeah. bother me one bit. And I was like, I've seen people, and then I watch them, and they're cheering as loud as anyone by the end of the match. So yeah. it's like, yeah, right. I, I don't, I don't care. Right. Like it's, and I know, but it's, I don't know, man. I don't want to keep you any uh, any longer. You you've been great. I want to. Where can everyone find you at uh, online? At the real disco on Twitter. At disco man, and I gotta get. Uh, Verified. Still not verified. You're not verified. Still. I'm not, I don't really know how to go out because I don't. I don't really know care. a lot about all that either. Right, yeah, I don't really care. About, yeah, the, 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 right. So uh, um, at at Disco Master GG on Instagram and Snapchat. Um, okay. I'm on Keeping It 100 with Conan. It's on MLW Radio that drops out late Thursday night, uh, late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. Okay. Um, and it's on Google Play and everything. And also, uh, I do the I, I do a show with Russo on Fridays called Lions, Tigers, Bears, and Disco LTBD. The that drops on Friday on the Realm Network on Russo Brand. And okay. also, um, if you're, anybody's in Vegas, I work at Sapphire Gentlemen's Club. If you want to come to the world's largest gentlemen's club, dial, dial 702-303-3430 and mention my name. We'll send you a free limo, free drink. You can get in free. Save you about 90 bucks a person. Good deal. And I could I could uh, vouch that it is, it is a great time there. Oh, and also, too, well, one of the great the, the schools here, uh, Future Stars of Wrestling. Yeah. It's a great Great trainers. Jake's training there now. Okay. Uh, Sim Bodie. So yeah, that's what my team. That I'll, so if I can might change my schedule, work after football season, I might get back down there and start training. But uh, FSW on Vegas and Twitter. Since I, I have a lot of respect for Joe DeFalco because like there's been a lot of other companies that try to run in Vegas, and he never changes principles. He really? pays the guys what they pay. And, you know, some guys are getting more money here, and he just never. Never changed, yeah. and just that it's been going strong for a long time now. So, so it's a it's a good it's a good organization for, good for deal. yeah. I always ask everyone I have on the show too one piece of advice for the listeners that's helped you the most in your life. Uh, one piece if of advice. You can advice. narrow it down to one. Uh, basically, is this was my best advice. I I, I went out I, even though I would change this advice, but back in ninety you know late eighties early nineties, I went and got a, got an education. Yeah. So I could roll the dice with professional wrestling. Yep. And if you want to have, if you want to be a professional wrestler, my advice: you don't go all in on this. Have a backup plan for something else you could do in your life, and just yeah. just try just try to do this because, like you know, that's just, there's no there's no guarantees. No, I've, I've had it taken away a couple yeah. times. It, yeah. You're one bad move away, especially yeah. with the style. Exactly. The next uh, it could. That's it could the thing. Own. I've never been 26 years in this business. I've never hurt anybody, and I've only been and I really never got never got hurt in the rain. Just had my my back. Yeah, for real. So, yeah, wear yeah, and tear. Wear and tear. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Great yeah. advice. Yeah. Well, well, Glenn, thank you very much. It's awesome. been a pleasure. My pleasure. My pleasure. We'll be right back, guys. After these messages. What's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to tell you guys about this exciting new company I'm working with. Recently, I've been dealing with pain in both my back and shoulder, as you know, and other areas of the body. Recently, I've been doing the stem cell therapy here in the United States, but I decided I wanted to take my recovery up a notch, and that's when I came across a stem cell facility located in Medellin, Colombia, called BioAccelerator. BioAccelerator is the global leader in stem cell therapy. They offer a state-of-the-art medical facility with the ability to treat patients with tens of millions of active adult stem cells to help them recover from injury and major medical complications. BioAccelerator currently offers treatments for a variety of conditions ranging from orthopedic injury, spine and disc injury, chronic pain, ED, and even severe autoimmune disease. 
BioAccelerator also has something for you men and women out there who are looking to stay in the game and keep yourself looking young and feeling youthful. Ask about their anti-aging and rejuvenation treatments as well. I will be tracking my progress as I go through the treatment, as you guys have seen with BioAccelerator, and giving you, the audience, updates as I heal and overcome these injuries on my journey back to the ring. If you or someone you know suffers from a life of pain or complications due to a major medical condition, join the likes of UFC Hall of Famer Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, WWE stars like Kevin Nash, Rey Mysterio, and myself. You can contact BioAccelerator directly, guys. Ask for my personal friend, David Truitt, he's the one who has reached out to me and helped me from the very beginning. He will help you through the consultation process with the same level of care and expertise as he did for me. Start your path to wellness and become a BioX man or BioX woman today at www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reeves. That's BioAccelerator. B-I-O-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-O-R www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reeves. What's going on, guys? The big guy Ryback here with Feed Me More Nutrition. Check us out on feedmemore.com or Amazon. You can actually save 10% on Feed Me More Nutrition at feedmemore.com with discount code PODCAST10. One dollar of every sale on the website goes towards Three Square in feeding the homeless. We have our new fruity cereal, I So Hungry, our mango candy, Wake Up Unlimited Energy, and our Brain Feed Brain Support. We have supplements for men and women using only stevia and monk fruit, no aspartame, no sucralose, no artificial colors. We have something for everybody, guys. Get hungry, stay hungry, feed me more. We are back, and I'm joined with Raj Geary, Wrestling Inc., getting ready to make his way out here to Las Vegas, if I'm not mistaken, correct? I, I am, yeah, just in a few hours, so trying to get a bunch of stuff done and still packing. I'm a, a last-minute packer. So. Uh, well, thank you for joining me once again. Absolutely. Anytime. What do we have going on this week? Well, it's another busy week. I don't think I don't think it's possible to have a non-busy week nowadays. Maybe maybe Christmas since uh, they're going to be taping a bunch of shows the week before. But yeah, just a, a ton of stuff going on. Obviously, uh, the big news this week: CM Punk uh, is going to be an analyst on WWE backstage. He's not going to be on every week, but he's going to be on fairly often. He came on at the end of the show, and yeah, so he. A lot of people are thinking that Punk is signed with WWE. That is not the case. This is a deal with Fox. He's been talking about it for a while. He said that, that you know, the, the, the deal was through Fox. They're putting a lot of money into this thing, which is why he's interested. And he actually, when his agent contacted about him, Punk said he wasn't interested at first when he thought it was just a WWE thing. When he found out it was Fox, he was interested. Deal got done. He appeared at the end of the show. Music hit. It was a surprise to everyone there except Renee Young. And yeah, so the big question is now that Punk is working with Fox on a for a WWE show, they're clearly if you watch that show, you know they're not, you know, dabbling into real issues. It's it's more, you know, storyline based. Yeah. So does this nudge the door for him to return to the company? I feel like a lot of people do uh think so. So, uh what are your thoughts on the whole thing? So, out of curiosity, what cuz I know that first episode the ratings were really bad on it, right? Terrible. Uh, it was what did 49, this, one this one did a hundred thousand. So it, it doubled the first week, but it still didn't make the cable top 150. Okay. 
I mean, it's still, and then his thing was an announcement anyway. I mean, a surprise, so nobody would know. That would have no bearing really on the ratings for that episode anyways. But I don't know what his relationship is with them. It, it, it was never, uh, and again, so obviously back when, and the guy left and spoke up on things, people have to remember, like he left, or when he, with his contract stuff there, and everything he was speaking up with, like from a, a storyline perspective uh, on a lot of things and about the business. And then he just, as soon as he got the amount of money that he wanted, he he was all right with it. And then he kind of quieted down uh, at the end of the day. And I don't know what his financial situation is or whatnot, but he's shown in the past that he will sacrifice things that he so-called believes in at times and will go back for money, which is fine. Everybody does that in different, in different things and whatnot. I think this is a thing with him though, kind of, this is all in, with Vince. And once you know Vince and Vince is a weird old man, as Seth Rollins has said, and a lot of people realize that, that it's all a game to him. And this is just simply, I believe just punk his game plan. He had a game plan when he left kind of, and it didn't really go as planned. It bombed, I would I would say, I think is fair to say, for probably what his expectations were of what he was hoping. And But he was still, and you got to give him credit on this, the way everything is played out, he negotiated a contract with Fox, who is now, and I had Disco Inferno on Glenn Gilberti here this week, and we were talking about this. Vince McMahon is essentially almost answering to the TV networks now, to Fox, in a weird way for the first time ever. He, it's kind of like when they come down with something, he caters to them. And this punk worked out a contract with Fox, who if Fox wants ratings or wants things, Vin, or punk still has enough power, so to speak, or, or leverage where, with, where, people, where people think he has some drawing power, potentially still, where Fox negotiated the deal with him. And no matter what WWE thought, they're probably going to go along with it because if Fox wants it. And so it's, a weird chess game going on. And like Punk, again, there's a lot of egos involved. If he does want to go back to WWE, he doesn't want to crawl back with his tail between his legs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, and now this is his way. I'm just going back as an announcement. I'm just going back in this. I don't want to wrestle. I don't want to wrestle. I don't want to wrestle. Blah, blah, blah. But now, like we've talked about, the chants are going to get louder again because people are already putting out, oh, he's working for WWE. He's he's one step away for working with WWE again, essentially. He's working with WWE contracted talent on the show. And this is almost like, I think, a chess game of a way for him to open the door to get discussions where they have to approach him, if that makes sense. Whereas it's not him going back to a meeting with Hunter and Vince and them will look, you just fucking bombed at all this. We're not giving you this money. Now he's Fox chance can probably potentially start up even louder again. It's going to be hard for WWE to ignore that. When Fox goes, look, we have this guy who was your former champion and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And people apparently want to see him. Your ratings suck. We need better ratings. We want this guy back on TV. Like it's, it's, it's a brilliant move. And I got, I got to tip my cap to him on it. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people, you know, do believe this is probably leading to a WWE return. I could almost see the opposite. I, I almost feel like if you wanted to return to wrestling, you got a big offer from AEW. Why wouldn't he take that? Maybe this was a way of getting a big money gig for not taking any bumps and, and, you know, just sitting back and talking. Um, obviously with these Saudi Arabia shows, he offered a ton of money for, for one match here and there, but I saw that with AEW also. And I, and I actually, there's two things on that. One, I saw how that was reported, and I don't know who initially reported it, but the one that I saw, 
it was it was the least professional form of reporting I've ever seen with a the whoever wrote it said apparently Punk hasn't had a set of balls since he fought for the UFC and got killed or whatever it was where it, they, they were clearly upset that he didn't sign with AEW. <laughs> I've never seen that in reporting where the, the, the guy, it was, it's so weird how a lot of this stuff is what's going on in this day and age with in pro wrestling and, and people, how it's reported. But you have to remember the guy left and walked away. He's worked for the biggest company in the world. He had some goals uh, that he wanted to achieve there that he didn't necessarily get to fulfill. The amount of money he could probably make is much larger in WWE with merchandising and everything else figured in. AEW is in the infancy stages. It is not proven yet. And I love and like I, I want AEW to succeed more than anyone. But they are an injury tour away. And we've already seen it with guys getting like if Jericho goes down and, and Omega went down or, or Cody or Moxley went down, like it's that's they like they they need a lot of things to stay you know on the up and up for things to continue to give themselves even a chance long term and you look at just from a merchandising and video game aspect and action figure and just in and just merchandising in general that there's they're in the beginning stages of this company and in like Jericho at this stage of his career getting the most amount of money he got it made sense for him he's at, he's towards probably the last part of his career or where he's going to cut back essentially at some point where in, in punk, I don't know what the schedule is that they wanted him. And I don't know if he was wanted to go and be a part of something at this early of the game where he maybe wants to go in and, and come right back. And you know what I mean? At a, where, when you're at that high level like that, it, it's, he just, he, it's his, op, his choice essentially on that. And on what they offered him a bunch of money and he said, no, and then he has every right to say no to that. So. Yeah. And it could be another thing of also, it's like why Brock would never sign with Bellator. Uh, it's what you can, you know, consider to be the major leagues and yeah. WWE is the major leagues. And maybe if he's going to be involved, he wants to make sure it's, it's with the the top guys. Yeah. You know? And he, maybe he doesn't want to wrestle. We don't know that. We don't know what the physical, right. and I'm telling you the, the, the UFC stuff that happened, nobody knows mentally where he is at. Like, and, and I've talked to, to disco about this on, like, I think though, I think he still has uh, I think he could do well in pro wrestling still. I think he would do well being a heel and putting a heater with him. I think that is the the best route to to getting him because he I think that would get him a lot of heat with everything with the way everything worked out. And then maybe down the line going back to babyface, but I, I think they have some options with him. And again, who knows? Maybe the reception is so good that people welcome him right back as a babyface. But yep. from a believability standpoint, I think his best role would be to come back as a heel. But at his age, does he want to do it full time? I don't know. With Fox, I don't know. Maybe he'll be able to get the the leverage that he wants to get a part time deal. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, the, the lawsuit with WWE was just not even a year and a half ago when it when it settled. No. And now he's indirectly getting that Fox WWE money. So good for him. This is why I said people don't understand, and he realizes it too. You can literally tell the truth about the company and say anything, and you can go back. It's not. We've seen so much worse, but we live in a very, like I said, the pussified society where a lot of this, the hardcore fan base. Oh my God, they they just can't. They don't, they don't get it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, also this week it was announced that the Miz and page have signed multi-year deals. So they'll be staying with the company. You know, uh, Mike Kanellis had recently, you know, signed a new deal earlier this year, then requested his release on Twitter. Sin Cara had recently signed a new deal and he just requested his release on Twitter 
you know, basically saying uh, he's been loyal, respectful, and a team player. Um, the full transcriptions on WrestlingInc.com, but uh, basically, you know, he he just feels like he's not being uh, uh, rewarded for what he's doing, and um, he, he's been putting in the work, and he's not going, never getting noticed. So he wants his release. WWE is reportedly not going to grant it. He's being sent home after this uh, tour of Europe that's concluding, I believe, today. So, yeah, uh, this uh, requesting your release on Twitter hasn't been working out well for for guys lately. So it, it seems odd to keep doing it. No, so here's and Sin Cara is I like I, I like Jorge a lot. He and I and he was down at FCW there when I was down there. He has not since the beginning. I've seen him, and he works very hard. He's always he's always had a great attitude. As far as people have to understand, the original Sin Cara that came in and that bombed horribly, and and that was on in a lot of him. That guy, not not Jorge, but the the original Sin Cara, Mystico, Mystico, and he, and he was nice, and I got along with him, and I I was with around him briefly, but he, he's always friendly. But the, the the language barrier was a huge thing with putting together matches and there were, there was, a, that did not go for the, the push they wanted to give that character to not go well. And then Jorge stepped in and that was the guy he should have originally got that kind of push. He would have been able to, to do it. And he's liked and respected by everybody in the locker room. And he would have 100% been able to do what they wanted to do with that character. And from the beginning, as soon as he took it over, they never put the effort into it that they did originally. And it was never in life's not fair and this and that, but he never got what he should have got with that character originally. Um, that the, the, what they put in, but, and he's always done business. He's always gotten, I've worked with him many times. He never bitched. He never complained. He always went out and he would do whatever he could to make you look as good as possible. And he's, he's, he's a very selfless wrestler and he knows, he knows how to get himself over and do things when he's allowed to and whatnot. And I've seen him and he puts in the work in the gym. He loves pro wrestling. The guys like him. He's a tough little bastard. Like it's, it just doesn't not saying he needs to be the main event uh, or anything like that, but they never put the amount of effort. And they just, this is a major problem with, with talent is that if they're not in that little inner circle, the, the amount of the lack of respect they give so many of the guys, especially guys that have tenure there that have been there that have helped you make the guys that you're investing in even more. It really, and that, that's the part of wrestling that really upsets me is that they will, they treat you like you're not a winner to, when, if you're not winning, but it's fake. And the year, and it's so, and it's it's the most ass backward community I've ever seen in my entire life. With how, but that's the system they try because they want to make people feel insecure. They don't want you to speak up. They want you to just do whatever and whatnot. So I believe, and, and he's a man knows no doubt in my mind. He's had conversations with Vincent Hunter. For him, if he's going on social media, media and doing it, that was just his way of saying, fuck you to you guys. You're not listening. I'm just going to put it out in the public. Now you're going to acknowledge it in some way, shape or form. And he gets to go home. So it's because he's not the kind of guy that's going to sit around and bitch and cry in the locker room. He'll just go fucking talk to him himself. I know him well enough to say that, that it's for him to go on social media. It's not a, a Jordan Miles situation or something looking for attention or anything like that. Now, do you think 
by WWE responding by sending these guys home and, and, you know, they can't stop their contract because WWE is sending their homes and uh, sending them home. So they can't, you know, freeze it like they can with an injury. Do you think this might lead to other talents who are frustrated, who don't see anything happening with them and kind of doing the same thing and, and, you know, getting to sit at home and, and get paid without, uh, they should without doing anything. They all should. That's the people need to, they, this company has walked all over pro wrestlers for so long. This is, I'm telling you, it's the power now having another company and having other options or more than one company, the talent need to man up more than ever. And, but again, and it, it's a case by case basis. And you got like, I waited till I had enough money where I was confident that I was going to be okay to go do what I wanted to do. And I had to wait to a certain point and I had been fed up far before that. I'm sure he's to a point where he's financially comfortable enough to take a chance to you know what I mean? Now mm-hmm. a guy that's up there, you know, Mike Canellis that hasn't been there that long, that probably hasn't made that much more money that that's, you're taking a little more of a chance doing that, but I commend it doing it late. I think it's an individual case by case basis, but if you're not happy, you're frustrated, you've talked to them, they've lied to you because they, they, they will lie to you. When you go in, in or they will not shoot you straight. And then if you are that confident in everything you do, then you got, I think that's a great option. Yeah, absolutely. Um, last week we had AEW full gear, their third pay-per-view uh, estimated pay-per-view buy rates are in. I think a lot of people are really interested because this is the first one since they've been on TV and seeing if the, the TV show led to a significant increase or anything, but it's actually looking like it's doing about a hundred thousand pay-per-view buys or slightly below according to the wrestling observer. So that would be pretty much what the last pay-per-view did in, in August and lower than double or nothing in May. Uh, so hundred thousand is, you know, obviously very good. It's still the best number since WCW folded, but I, I know some people were probably expecting more since they had the TV and the great build with Cody and Jericho. But that's pretty consistent though with their, as far as their ratings. So kind of too, right? Uh, the, the TV ratings. Yeah. I, I'll get to the, yeah. But I mean, as far as the hundred thousand buys, I mean, but their audience size, as far as what is watching every week. Yeah. So they, they would be expecting a little bit of a bump with that, the amount of eyes from TV and it essentially it never happened. It's kind of consistent with what it's been and a little lower than when they originally started. I just think it's so early with them. And I really believe it, it's, they don't have a lot of talent there yet that are known And as far as the talent they do have. I think they've done a good job of putting together the TV with everything that they have and putting together some storylines and working with what they have. I just think it's, it's, it's one of these things where we have to sit back and see, are they going to be able to develop new stars, which takes time. It does. It doesn't, this isn't going to happen in a few months. It, it takes years. It really does. And it, I don't think, I mean, in one year we'll be able to kind of look at this and see who they, hopefully they have made one or two guys that can maybe be on the Jericho Moxley level in, in a year. I don't know. I don't know if they are capable of that with what they have right now, because it takes time and, you like so you saw MJF go to the ring with Jericho this past week and they had a promo promo segment and it, and it, I like so what happens is you got Jericho who is Chris Jericho it instantly makes MJF better when he's in the ring doing promos with him and people see that and they see that he's with there and they're, they're talking and they're doing it 
after that goes by, and a few weeks goes by, a few months it goes by, MJF is now looked at slightly a little better than what he was before because he hung in the ring with a big dog, and you get the rub from that a little bit. You need that to happen over and over and over and over and over and over again with a lot of different people to really, and you need megastars to help spread that, as, as Bruce Pritchard would say with the, the Hogan dust, with him and Conrad, like that's a real thing with talent. Like you look at me and my rise, and it, it escalated by being in the ring with the CM Punk, with John Cena, with Chris Jericho, and then it, that allowed me to become moreover by being in the ring and, and having competitive matchups with the top guys. So that's the thing that AEW is going to have the the trouble with here is they don't have that amount of talent. So it's going to be harder for like when when you 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 know Jungle Boy, you're not going to have Jungle Boy in there and beating up Chris Jericho. So they they they're limited on how they can get the other guys over on to a to a massive level. It's just going to take time. I think if the company, the network is happy with their ratings, which it was double what they were essentially predicting, which it seems like they everybody kind of had an idea. Everyone, TNT, everything knew, look, okay, this is a brand new company. This is the game plan. We're on a three-year plan here, and we're going to, you know, in maybe one and a half, two years, we're at a 1.5. I don't know what the, the those specific numbers are that they want. All I know is based off what they said, everyone seems happy the current product and what the numbers are. So I think for them, it's just finding ways to build on that. And it's going to take time. They're not going to instantly come in. And now we've seen, they're not going to start getting a 3.0 or a 4.0 based off this right now. It's just, it's going to be a gradual build of building new talent, putting some key pieces in as time goes on. And I think that is, it's going to be a long-term, it's like, this is like a company, like a stock. This isn't a stock you're going to day trade. This is, a, you're going to invest in them long-term if, if you believe in their game plan. And that that's the way I look at AEW. Yeah. And to that point, Dynamite, once again, last week, we talked about the viewership. It was really close between AEW and NXT. AEW just beat them by a hair uh, because NXT had AJ Styles. I do believe that if they had advertised AJ Styles ahead of time, they would have definitely won last week. This week, it was kind of back to normal. Dynamite beating uh, NXT by a lot. Uh, it drew 950,000 viewers, while NXT drew 750,000. So uh, it topped it by about 28%. Um, AEW was number five in the cable uh, top 150 for the 18 to 49 demo. NXT was number 22. Uh, so. Uh, pretty and, and in that demo, it beat NXT by 72%. So, not quite the 100% plus it was doing in previous weeks, but you know, still a very decisive win. Um, so it looks like AEW is uh, dynamite. kind of hovering around this one million mark. It's 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 not going to be. Um, it'll be interesting to see if NXT is ever preempted. What you know, how much AEW's audience NXT is taking, and what it would do without NXT head to head. Yeah, I don't. I don't. This is just one of those things. It's going to just take. It's so early on. Just we got to give it time and see. Right now, AEW seems to have a slight advantage with everything. I think running the big arenas is definitely plays a big part of that. With that, I would be really curious to see what NXT would would draw uh, if they were running bigger audiences with that that feel. I I, I don't know if, if I think it would be a lot closer on that end with that, but it's. Someone I saw selling too, I think we're like Vince and what they're doing, like we said, it's like they put NXT up to kind of counter program AEW. And essentially, you know, what would the, if a, if NXT wasn't airing on Wednesdays, would AEW be getting a consistent 1.5, 2.0 rating? Would that, I don't know. 
or would, would there would they be getting a, they'd be getting a much stronger rating most definitely if they were the only wrestling program on so no matter what WWE and Vince have kind of they're not making it easy for them regardless and it's interesting that if they know AJ they put AJ on the show and knowing WWE that could have been a last minute thing but it, why wouldn't you advertise that but I I do think I think part of the thing is though too is maybe in their heads if they do advertise it and it doesn't draw then they, they kind of you know what I mean it leads mm-hmm. it's oh well we didn't advertise it and it or it's just a game where it's like this is what we're doing we can just kind of you know what are we what are you gonna do when we put Roman on here uh, it's and then we do advertise I don't know so we just got to wait and see but I, right now I think at AEW just has to keep focusing on what they're doing they're not trying and they've said it time and time again. They're not trying to to encode. They're not trying to be a reactionary wrestling company to what WWE is doing. They're focusing on what they're doing, the product they're putting out. And I think at the end of the day, that's all they can do. And WWE is not going to make it easy for them. Cody knows that. They all know that. And it, it's just try to be their best one week at a time. Yeah. And you know, like they like Triple H has said, it's it's uh, you know, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So. Uh, a lot of time to go, but AEW right now, the pay-per-view is the only area where they're really making money, you know, some international TV deals as well, um, as far as profit. So, um, have they had any update on them with as far as, cause I know they have t-shirts and things of that nature. Uh, mm-hmm. there's been discussion, I think of the video game eventually, right? Right. And then like yeah. with action figures, do you know anything on that end on what they're doing as far as on merchandising end? Uh, most of the shirts are like on pro wrestling tees, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, the video game, they've been talking about doing an announcement before the end of the year. So, uh, you know, obviously that could be huge, uh, assuming it all goes through and, um, yeah, that's kind of it. I haven't, you know, heard anything else about action figures and stuff, but you would think, you know, with the demo that they're hitting, uh, they're, they're doing pretty well with that demo that that's got to be coming, but it's also an, a slightly older audience, you know, yeah. it's more teen to young adults as opposed to little kids. So there I'm is that interested aspect. on that though, is from a com- company, like you said, cause they're, they're, I'm sure they, they've burned through a lot of cash from the beginning of it. It's not cheap running a pro right. wrestling company. And that's where WWE, if you look at how WWE makes all their money on the talent, it is through all the merchandising and all the yeah. other backend stuff that you would think that in Tony and them, that having access to that information and knowledge and pro wrestling has historically never really made a lot of money yeah. with the amount, with the expenses and everything. And Vince was smart enough to realize that you can put all that out there and you make all the money on all the other stuff. So that to me is where I'm hope AEW expands because they do, there is going to come a point where if they're just burning money, how long do they let that go on for? And, they, and that was always impacting things of that nature. No matter how good the numbers got, they never fully, and they had some action figure, they had some stuff, they never fully capitalized on that. And nobody's been able to do that, unlike Vince. So, yeah. And you kind of look at the pay per view numbers, right? Doing it, let's say if they're doing 100,000 each pay per view, they're doing four pay per views a year. You know, that's a total of five million uh, per pay per view. Do you take? They get about half, so that's two and a half million. So that's ten million dollars a year that they're making off a of pay per view. Yeah. Uh, TV deal is just a split right now. So NXT is making thirty million just from their TV rights. So. 
they got this deal for three years with TNT. At some point, once that deal is done, they need to get TV rights because that's where the money's at right now. WWE's losing in live events. You know, yeah. they're making money with the network, but losing with live events and then merchandise they're dropping. So, I mean, that's where the money is, at least for now. Yep. So that's where I, hopefully they can expand on that. And again, this is this is all just discussion because it's so early. Right. No one's expecting that you just don't come in and have every piece in place with a new company like this. So and they're yeah. fully coding. They're all aware of that. So absolutely. Uh, speaking of ratings, uh, this last Monday night, the lowest rated raw in history, um, 2.058 million viewers. It was up against a huge football game. Uh, that football game did the biggest number of the season with about 16 million viewers. Um, it was the Seahawks versus the 49ers went to overtime. It was like one of the best Monday night football games they've had in a long time. But, um, show started off strong 2.4 million viewers dropped to 1.753 in the final hour at that Final hour is the lowest ever. And I'm sorry, the 2.058 million viewers that it did was the lowest non-holiday number. They, they did two numbers before that that were lower. One was New Year's Eve, one was Christmas last year. Uh, this year, the 1.753 million viewers in the final hour was the lowest ever. So I was one those of the holidays. people that shut it off going into the third hour. And I had, to, I had to get to bed getting up early, but I was I couldn't. I was just, I was over it. it that's, so that makes sense. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm watching the show now. And I feel I'm, and I've always, I'll talk good and bad. I've always, there's things and I, I thought they've done good in the past. I'm watching now and I feel like I'm watching the, it's bringing back memories of when I was young watching WCW when everything, it was, it was already going downhill and no matter what they did, it was too late. And that I, and I, and I remember not really understanding cause I didn't know the, the intricacies and I didn't follow it online. I just remember watching on TV and remember, like, I go, this wasn't the same thing that I was watching just even a year ago or two years ago. And the excitement and then trying to bring all in WCW was trying to bring new guys in and that had no equity. And it didn't matter who they put them with or what they did. And that is what I feel like I am watching with WWE now when I watch. And I'm not and I'm not I just have no interest to watch. And again, and that's not me. I, I, I'm trying, like, I want to stay involved with the product and talk about it. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm not staying up another hour to watch this. I, I agree. Right? Wrestling can be the hardest thing for me to watch it in the whole time. I've been a fan and I've been a fan since the mid eighties. Yep. There've been some giant peaks and there've been some valleys, you know, with the bastion boogers and stuff yeah. in the nineties. And that. there's nobody uh, to be invested in anymore the way, but this is their own fault for how they booked guys for so long. And it's all caught up with them as far as that, as far as I'm concerned on that. I really think even if you bring a punk back, a CM punk now, I, I was like, is it enough? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, they did get some good news with the SmackDown number. SmackDown doing 2.61 million viewers up from last week. Surprising to me, I, I thought SmackDown was a tape show. Uh, didn't get rave reviews online, but it, it it did pretty good in the numbers. So some good news for them there. Um, some bad cool. news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing real quick, uh, another story this week, Ali, his name originally was Mustafa Ali earlier this year, this past March, they changed it to just Ali. Now it's changed back to Mustafa Ali. Um, we see this do this with countless towns. Biggie was Biggie Langston. Yep. Uh, Rusev was Alexander Rusev, Otis. I'm sure Donovan Dijevic, I'm sure he's going to have his name changed when he's on the main roster, yep. but this is the first time I can recall them changing it back and forth uh, this quickly. But what was the reasoning for take? Did they ever give a reason for taking it away or no? No. That's interesting. I wonder. And then they just they just brought it back with no explanation. No. 
know. I mean, CBS did do a profile. CBS Evening News did a profile on Ali last week. I don't know if something about that made them change their minds, but yeah, he's back to Mustafa Ali. Well, that, I'm sure. And if he was saying he was, you know, passionate about and wanting to keep the name, and if he spoke up about it, and that could have been something that they went ahead and just okay, we'll go with it. So yeah. Uh, the last major item this week was Jordan Miles again. Uh, Jordan Miles uh, took to Twitter, uh, had a big expletive-filled rant uh, saying that he quits WWE, saying he's no longer employed, calling them racist. He says he hates the company, everything that they stand for. You know, Booker T responded to that saying, you know, you know, painting a, a, a giant paintbrush is, is not the way to go. I think a lot of people are concerned about Miles's mental mental health and hopefully he's okay and and um you know is is all right. Yeah, that's uh it's an unfortunate situation. He's not doing himself any favors as far as uh other promotions going to probably wanting to hire him based off how he has handled this and some of the things that you're saying they don't make sense with that mm-hmm. as far as and you look at the it's just that's not the correct way to to go about this for this particular situation unless he's he wants to be done with pro wrestling altogether and this is but even then i would say it this is such a it's been so i think it just comes off ridiculous quite frankly the whole thing with the what everything and i've worked there and you have other people in knowing knowing how things work there in that company and, and how things can get through the cracks at times and how unorganized it can be at different times and whatnot i i just don't I wish him the best and everything. I just think you got to be careful when you start like paintbrushing everything in one, you know, categorizing the company as a whole, because that's not the case as a whole and whatnot. If, you know, if he thinks that Vince has certain uh, opinions or Hunter, you know, again, you ideally would want to handle that with the, within the company and, and whatnot. So, and I'm not, I don't know all the details of everything of that outside of what we talked about before, but clearly, uh, there seems to be something else going on for him to want to act out on social media like that. And it's just kind of, it, it doesn't, it's not, no good's going to come from it. The handling it the way that what has been seen. Yeah. And, uh, his Twitter account was deleted for a little bit. Now it's back. He changed his profile to ACH is super. So yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, WWE isn't exactly granting a bunch of releases right now, but if they, you know, maybe if they believe yeah, well, they're not personal gonna, issues they or something. Yeah, they're not gonna. That's not one they're gonna hold on to, in my yeah. opinion. There's not. It's and I would be. I think he's gonna be. There's gonna be the issue of who's gonna pick him up. I don't know, right now yeah. with that acting like that. So, but hopefully, like you said, everything's all right from a mental standpoint. And if not, hopefully, he gets the help that he needs. So. Absolutely. Well, uh, that was that was a lot of stuff that we covered. Uh, you know, thanks again for uh, having me on. Always, Raj. Anything you want to go ahead to plug to wrap up this week? Uh, yeah, check out WrestlingInc.com. We have a bunch of exclusive interviews uh, from Starcast this past weekend. A one-on-one with uh, Orange Cassidy and uh, a bunch of other uh, people: Tito Ortiz, Albert, Alberto Del Rio. Uh, next week, we got an interview with Tony Khan, a one-on-one uh, oh, that we'll have, have on WrestlingInc.com. So keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. Good deal, Raj. Well, thank you very much. And guys, we will be right back after these messages. Baseball season is in full swing, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with BetOnline.ag. 
This week, I'm not watching any of the game, guys, because you know the big guy Ryback is doesn't watch much sports, to be quite honest. But I'm not against it at all. And if you love sports and you love betting, betonline.ag is your place because now you can save an extra 50% added on to your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. The best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus, and please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. BetOnline.ag, your one-stop shop for online betting. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code the big guy to save 15%. FuelMeals.com. Feed me more. All right, we're back. Big thank you to Disco Inferno, Glenn Gilberti, for coming on this week, actually coming down here, man. And uh, what a great guy. And I really enjoyed getting to, to have a little conversation with him. And you guys check out him on the Keeping It 100 podcast and also along there with Vince Russo. It's... Uh, I, he has a, he has a good wrestling mind, and he's uh, I enjoy talking to him. I enjoy hearing his opinions on different things going on involved with pro wrestling. Hopefully, you guys enjoy that as well. Big thank you to Raj Geary as always with Wrestling Inc. The Wrestling Report, and uh, give that give that a follow and check that out, guys, as well, please. The uh, we got this week on uh, Ryback TV. It's youtubecom slash TV on Feed Me More Fitness Rebuilding Ryback. I actually get to go train and uh, with Nick Best from the Strongest Men in History, and he's uh, he lives about twelve minutes down the road from me, and it's uh, it was an intense workout. He helped me corrected my deadlift form instantly. Uh, I was having an issue with my hips, which is always throughout my life, put a lot of strain on my back and, uh, one little fix. And I haven't pulled a lot of weight in quite some time with my back. And I just started, like I said, doing deadlifts. I think it's been like five or six weeks of going, maybe not even that of going really light. And I don't think I think the most that I even went up to was 315 or around that and not just playing it safe. Cause I, didn't want to do anything to put extra strain on my back, feeling so good. And uh, I, th- I think we pulled 530 easy yesterday there. And uh, then we went up to 590 in my form. I, the, it kind of broke down, but we went to rack pulls, and I think it went up to 690. And uh, I went to attempt it, and I couldn't get it because my form had broke down, and I wasn't using my hips once again. And he, we made a correction, and easily pulled it for five and 
So, which then the weight did not feel heavy as far as, um, like I felt like I could pull that from the ground if I can get my hips to fire the way that I need to, which is going to come from repetitions and doing this properly over time. But it was an intense workout. Leg presses with well over a thousand pounds and uh, there's some major weight being thrown around. Dumbbell shrugs with 150 pound dumbbells for sets of 50. I left there, my hands were swollen yesterday and it went a good way, like from holding weight that I haven't held in a long time and leaving and having zero back pain. That was the whole time he goes, how's your back? I go, no pain and helping me do these different core exercises. And, uh, I can't thank Nick enough for taking the time uh, to work with me and, and just being a part of this and Justin also, uh, his workout partner for being involved and hopefully be able to go out there and train with him, not even on camera, just to, to, be around in that kind of environment, uh, I really think is in build an indestructible core because we did some really, really, really cool stuff out there that you guys are going to be able to see on the, the feed me more fitness video that is available this week. And Nick will also be a guest, uh, coming up here on conversation with the big guy Ryback. And, uh, so, so tune into that. That should be coming up here in the next week. Uh, will we get that done next week, this week? And then that'll be the, the following week, uh, for the following week's show. But thank you very much to Nick Best. I'd like to say thank you to CLNS Media, Wiretap Radio, guys, as always. I'm going to go ahead and thank our sponsors, as always. Real Good Foods, realgoodfoods.com. You can save 15% with discount code Ryback. They have the cauliflower pizzas, the keto pizzas, enchiladas, breakfast sandwiches, poppers, guys, they have. They have a tremendous menu uh, for people on, on low-carb diets or just if it's just healthier options with food that tastes great. Check them out. They are one of the big sponsors. They help pay the bills, as they say on this show. Fuel Meals, fuelmeals.com. Save 15% with discount code, the big guy. That's meal prep at your doorstep. It's the company that I have been with for many years. Where they get my chicken, my steak, my lean turkey with baked potato, brown rice, vegetables. You can mix and match. They have signature meals, custom meals. They have a whole menu, uh, different pastas, fishes. They, they have everything in that you can imagine on this. And uh, they make eating healthy, affordable, and it comes overnight on dry ice, frozen right to your doorstep. And uh, take it, just go ahead and put it in your refrigerator or freezer, depending on the time frame of when you plan around and getting to eating them. I make some, I have, I have two or three a day with my other meals, and it makes eating healthy and just so much quicker and easier. For eight to ten dollars a meal, you can't beat it. And uh, so, check them out, guys. I, I'm a big believer in them, and they're very happy to have them be a part of this podcast and show. Feed Me More Nutrition, available on FeedMeMore.com and Amazon. We've just brought on a new seller once again. Uh, we will be reaching uh, Walmart.com and uh, having a seller on eBay as well for people that prefer to buy on there, as well as another seller on Amazon. And we have our new Mango Candy, Wake Up Unlimited Energy. Guys, you can save 10% with discount code PODCAST10 on that. Check that out on FeedMeMore.com. And Amazon inventory should be uploaded by the time this podcast is available. And it is now my, my favorite flavor. And it, it came out amazing. They did a really good job with this one. And I look forward to continue uh, growing guys and providing more flavors, more supplements uh, that work and do as the label says. BioAccelerator, big thank you to them as always for, for playing a huge part in my recovery. 
here. If you guys are in pain and you don't want to necessarily go the surgical route, or if you have tried stem cells in the United States and we're not necessarily happy as they are not allowed to use nearly as many stem cells as they are with BioAccelerator over in Medellin, Colombia. Check them out, guys. I'm going to go ahead and give you their information here. It's www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback-Reeves. That's www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback-Reeves. Iowa Hawks fan David Truitt on my Instagram. You can give him a follow or BioAccelerator on Instagram and reach out to them if you don't want to go to the website here, guys. They can give you the information that you need for your particular situation or somebody that you know. Um, but this regenerative medicine works. It's still working three and a half months after my procedures. And I continue to get better. It's been a lot of work. And I, I talked to the great, great, the, what's considered the GOAT in powerlifting, uh, Eddie Cohn, yesterday. And he's going down there here in December. And uh, we had a really good conversation about all of this. And it, I was telling him that it's actually allowed me with the rehab and the training to train even harder. And I'm just, I feel like I am recovering quicker than I even was. And I always recovered well in all fairness, but I feel like there has been an escalation in that and how hard I'm actually pushing myself and how quick I'm actually bouncing back with the amount of physical work that I'm doing. And when I actually do take days off, like I did when I did my 48 hour fast earlier this week, no weights, no cardio, nothing. And my body felt so good by the end of that fast. And any of the soreness that I'd had from pushing myself was completely gone. So, and I really, really believe this is playing a part in, in my recovery. So give them, give them a check, check them out and see if they could offer something for you or give you some information at the very least to, to possibly help or help someone that you know that is suffering from pain. All right. What are we going to talk about this week for the motivational thought of the week? I got my little trusty book of quotes here, Forbes Thought of the Day this week. And uh, the quote is from Jacques de Lille. De Lille. Jacques de Lille. Fate chooses our relatives, we choose our friends. I don't believe I've done this one before. If I have, for the hardcore listeners, damn it, Ryback, you've already said this quote. I apologize. Big dumb wrestler, can't remember. It's a book of quotes and I bounce around, guys. I should probably mark the ones that I use, but I also think I have a good memory, which at times I really do, but there are times where I could just completely botch this and redo a quote, which hopefully I, I speak very similarly how I did originally if I did. But fate chooses our relatives, we choose our friends. I'm looking to make sure if I want to do this one. Yeah, I do. I want, to, I want to stay on this one. Fate chooses our relatives. We choose our friends. What does that mean? Well, the, the family we are born into is, is, is fate. It is not our choice. It is something that we are brought into this world in and the people that we are around at a young age. But as we get older and we have more control, we get to determine who we want to call our friends or who we want to associate with. And I think that's really important for us to realize that and the power that we hold each and every day that I think it's extremely important. And not just because we hear successful people say it and whatnot, but I think it's really important to take a step back and look at our lives and the people who are closest to us. And if we are not happy about something, if we feel that there's somebody or some group of people 
that are not necessarily beneficial for ourselves or what we are trying to do. One, I think it's important to have a conversation if it's something that is, if it's someone that is important and that you do feel you would like to keep around and try uh, to remedy the situation. And if that doesn't work, and then you have to understand that you have the power to say, you know what, I wish you the best, but I don't think you're best for my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's because it's, we truly, the people that we choose to surround ourselves with and um, the environment that we are in, no matter how positive our mindset may be, if you're around a group of, you know, really negative down people that find the worst in everything that only want to talk about other people and whine and complain, and it's really not going to be beneficial for you. And it, what happens is, is their problems be, start becoming your problems and it can happen subconsciously really quickly. So it is, and there might be other aspects of that person that you like, you have the power at the end of the day, you have to, and I think it comes down to, you have to know what you want. I think a lot of us don't know what we want and we just go with the flow and we don't really take the time to understand things. Instead, we distract ourselves with technology, video games, food, porn, different things to take our mind off of our problems rather than just putting our attention on our problems and actually finding real happiness because it's not in this stuff to solve our problems. And we hear that all the time. Well, well, I love watching wrestling because it lets me forget about my problems or lets me, allows me to take my mind off of the, the everyday stresses of life. Okay. That's great. But at some point you're going to have to focus on your problems, focus on the people that you're around. And if you want to improve, it's your choice if you don't want to. But I just think it's important to understand that we all have that power inside of us. And uh, when we get to a certain point, even if it's relatives and you don't get along with them and you don't think they're beneficial, there's nothing wrong. And you're not mean, but distancing yourself in a way is where you're not exposed to that and putting yourself around like-minded people that, that put out good energy, that have good intentions, that you know you can benefit them be, by being around in their existence and they can benefit you by, by being, being around you. So it's not difficult, but we really make things difficult at times. But I really like that quote. So that's my thought of the day with that. Guys, I thank you very much for listening as always. I'm going to go ahead and run through a few things here to, to wrap up this week's show. All fan mail, please send to P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. For all personal videos, cameo.com slash the big guy Ryback. Book the big guy at yahoo.com uh, for any inquiries on anything. I'm not really traveling or doing anything. If you have anything, any uh, podcast request uh, for different things or interviews, please reach out to book the big guy at yahoo.com. Dot com, Ryback TV. I believe we're approaching 150,000 subscribers. Thank you guys very much for that. That's youtube.com slash Ryback TV. My motivational book, Wake Up at Seating Time, available on Amazon and paperback, Audible, and Kindle formats. And signed copies are available on feedmemore.com. Follow me on social media. I am the big guy Ryback22 on Instagram. Feed me more nutrition on Instagram. Conversation with the big guy Ryback on Instagram. Twitter at Ryback22. Facebook at Feed Me More Nutrition. And Snapchat Ryback247. Thank you guys very much for listening. How do I mess up the word listening? Thank you very much for. Thank you very much for listening. Feed me more. 
conversation with the big guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment. 